Hello and welcome to Legion Outpost. I'm Dave and I'm here with Adam the Computer. Adam, how are you? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. How are you? I'm fantastic. And uh, hello to all the Legionnaires out there assembled in the past, present and far future tuning into Legion Outpost. They're growing in number, Adam, uh, our Legionnaires. Yeah, you know, before you know it, we're going to have a voting system, ballots, elect leaders. (laughs) I mean, obviously, I'm the yeah. leader. I'm the leader for life. So, well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, if we're going to open up the polls, who knows? <laughs> it's a Russian election. <laughs> There's one candidate. <laughs> um, yeah. So, look, it's a delight to be here. We're here to do uh, a Justice League Legion sort of team up, um, and and also the JSA were involved as well. It was it was three of them involved in a two-parter in a Justice League, and then we're also, of course, doing some classic Legion uh, from back in the day. Uh, was it 206 or 210? Yeah, uh-huh. the Superboy stuff that we've started, yes. we did 197 and then 199 mm. through 205? Yeah, I think 205. Before, yeah. so yeah, yeah, continuing that. Fantastic. Uh, now, we have some points of order, Adam. You've got a, like, a little agenda for us. Um, we've had a fair bit of commentary I've had an email from a fellow podcaster, and you've, we've got stuff from Alan as well. Um, do you want to take us through it? Some of some of the news items that you yeah, had. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, we appreciate. Uh, well, yeah. I guess first off, if we start off with the news, yes, items. Um, you know, just a small thing, but uh, it's always exciting when you see the Legion pop up in other books. Uh, today, with the new comics, we saw that they popped in on the finale to Death Metal, Death Metal number seven. Okay. That uh, was just kind of a small cameo, not really worth uh, which, picking which it up. Which Legion? Is it Bendis' Legion? Uh, it looks like it's the Silver Age. Uh, mm-hmm. It's really only like their hands are in a circle, and you can only really see like their costumes okay. uh, on their arms, but right. it's the classic Legion rather than the okay. Bendis stuff, so that's notable. Yeah. And then also in the Generations Shattered book that's being written by uh, Dan Jurgens, Robert Venditti, and Andy Schmidt, uh-huh. um, the Legion make a, a more sizable appearance and it was really cool seeing them um it's from the 80s levitz run where they appear uh in there so yeah well we're gonna do i can tell you on signal of doom this week we're doing uh that issue along with along with a lot of the future we're doing like three future state uh issues and we're doing that one as well that's the one with the original batman as well isn't it Uh uh-huh yeah i thought it was pretty decent it was a lot Mm -hmm. of like getting the band together sure but it was pretty. It had good art. Yvonne Reese works on it. Who oh, I like. beautiful! Love his artwork. And so the '80s legions in that is it in in like a scene or two. Yeah, just like a scene. It's basically okay. um, they're rounding up the team, and uh, one of the members is the Superboy that was you know in the Legion. Is uh, like Saturn Girl in there? Is Saturn Girl in there in the bikini, or what's happening with Saturn <laughs> Girl? No, I think it's after the bikini oh, that it takes place. I was very, very happy to see that bikini was on prominent display in the issues we did no. this time. I knew you would be. I was extremely happy, actually. Like, I was, <laughs> uh, you know, like, uh, you know, it's just such a good look for her, I think, frankly. You know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe they should go back to that. 
I'd love it if they went back to that. Yeah. <laughs> Can I write in, dear DC, please go back to Saturn Girl in a Bikini. <laughs> Signed, David. <laughs> Signal to <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean that's how the Legion, um, you know, stuck around was through the yeah, letter, letter writing campaign. So <laughs> if we get enough of our Legionnaires together, we could do anything. Exactly, that's exactly right, man. We could. Are we still holding our meetings in like the little rocket ship, or have we got it in proper proper base now? Oh, I think we're probably still in the little rocket. <laughs> the so little rocket right ship, we're a little old school. <laughs> yeah, in the middle of the desert or wherever it was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, now we had some. Now we actually this contest that you that you um put forward, Adam, has t- proved to be quite popular on the Facebook page. Yeah, I mean, people love free stuff. Yeah. So uh, I thought I'd do a little giveaway. I have a bunch. Of, I have a spinner rack. It's not like a one of the spinner racks that people actually want that are like authentic, but uh, <laughs> it was one I got off of Amazon or whatever. I love it. And I had a bunch of my extras in there, and I picked them out. I was like, well, I could do something with these. Sure. Okay, yeah, and and basically, the the rules of the competition, as far as I understand it, are they have to like the Facebook page and they can suggest, uh, is it suggest a book to read or something, and then you pick a winner or something? Is that how it goes? Yeah. So the plan, or so what you're supposed to do is like our yes, page, yes, like the post, and then also yeah, comment a suggestion. And we've right. gotten a lot of suggestions, and yeah. I think uh, we're gonna try to do quite a few of them next yes. episode. Next show, we'll, we will we will. Definitely um, get through some of those stuff because I think there was a lot of interesting ones there. I thought from when I from when I looked through it. Yeah, and some of them, uh, you know, we might hold off because sure. um, you know maybe it would make more sense. Like we're doing the Levitt stuff already, so uh-huh. I don't know if we really want to pull an issue of the Levitt stuff out to review for this. Yeah, no, we can be selective, and um, but we'll get to all of them in time for sure. Um, yeah, and and how are you going to pick the winner? Like hey, I'm always asked this question. On signal, how do you pick the winner of this and that? And I go, I'm the emperor. I'm Caesar. I can do what I like. Is that is that the approach you're taking? Uh, yeah. The plan is to That's do it. like a random number generator okay. right. type thing. I I literally so. weigh it up. Like I sit on my throne with the entries on signal, and I just <laughs> I just at my discretion. And if people question me, I I say I am the king of signal. Like I'm I. Well, I I've make never won a signal contest, so yeah. I mean, what's that about? <laughs> Sorry, man. You know. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that goes in back channels as well, you know, to get my approval and stuff. So you know, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> I'm always open to offers, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I haven't bought you a, a sandwich yet. Isn't that the rule? Yeah. You buy David sandwich. You Twenty five dollars. Twenty five dollars for half an hour in the food court talking with me, and you have to buy me a sandwich as well on top of the twenty five in cash. That's it. You know, and you get half an hour of my time. Half an hour, and, and I'm switched on. I'm not on my phone. I, I I look you in the eye. We can talk about whatever you want for twenty five bucks. I don't really care what it is, you know. Oh wow! Yeah, that's fine. You, know? you get a handshake. Oh yeah, yeah. Even oh whoa, so then in COVID times, um, <laughs> I don't know. You know, maybe if uh, for fifty you get the handshake. That's in oh, that's okay. a that's COVID surge pricing. Yeah, you need a glove price and then a no glove price. So fifty with a glove. And if you're like, let's be honest, if you come, if you're this, if you're like a cute chick and you come dressed as Saturn girl, well, yeah, you get (laughs) you get a handshake then, (laughs) get a hug. (laughs) Sounds about right. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I'm glad we've covered. Thank you for bringing that up, Adam. Uh, That's much appreciated. And that offer extends to Legionnaires. Can I say, like. 
If that's not signal exclusive, that offer extends to Legionnaires as well. As it should, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so, you know, maybe we have some Australian Legionnaires um, yeah. just now coming to the show. Check it out. Check it out. Now, so, um, okay, so we've, we've, we've covered this. Gen- Did you read the Shattered Dimensions or whatever it's called? Generations Shattered or whatever? Yeah, I liked it. Um, yeah. You know, not great comics, but... Is this yeah. the one with Commandy and, like, Skeets and... Like the original, yeah, it's got yeah. Booster Gold, Sinestro, uh, the original Batman. Okay, it's a very odd mix, but I guess that's the point. And it's the original Superboy, isn't it? The proper but Superboy. When you get like uh, Steel and Doctor Light, it seemed like they were trying to grab a character that um, kind of represents each era or was introduced in each era. You know? Right, ambush bug. No ambush bug. No ambush bug. Any crypto yeah, there for Superboy? Gonna, what's that? Crypto with Superboy? Oh, uh, no, no crypto. Sad. Uh, is it the original proper Superboy that I like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, that fucking book just went up a notch in my books. Uh-huh. Yep. I <laughs> okay. <might> like it. <laughs> right. Well, I, yeah, well, I'm, I'm actually very interested in reading it. It's, I think this was all going to be part of the 5G thing, wasn't it? Which they then sort of flipped, I, I believe. Yeah, it seems like it might have been um, from, yeah, what we've heard. Um, is it connected to Future so- State? Is it connected to Future State at all, or is it I don't think so. Oh. Yeah, I don't know if it, you know those ties got removed, but so far it just kind of. Uh, did you ever read the Booster Gold series by Dan Jurgen? Like, not the original, but the when he brought it back. Um, we have done a trade of it on Signal, and I've read the first hardcover of the original. So yeah, fifty-two, okay. fifty-two pickup, whatever it was called. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we well, did. I loved it actually. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was fun. Um. And that's this is kind of in that tone. Okay, um, I'm down for that. Dan Jurgens did a series called Time Masters or something. It was like it's called Booster Gold Time Masters, oh. um, which was like a mini series. And this is kind of what, it seems like a continuation of that. But and this is proper Booster Gold, not depressing Booster Gold. It's like where he's kind of quippy and stuff. Uh, yeah, it's actually he's pulled out from like one of his first appearance, like pulled out of time. Oh, cool. Yeah, no. Well, I tell you what, I really enjoyed the Booster Gold we did on the show, which was that one we were talking about, 52 Pickup. And then I went and got the two hard covers of his original series that mm-hmm. Dan Jurgens did, and I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it, you know? Yeah, I, I think he should be uh, around more often, honestly. I, I think it's a shame that we don't see in more Booster Gold titles. Especially these days. It, it feels like today's day and age with all the social media would fit him perfectly. Yeah, I mean, even if you can't sell a Booster Gold book, you know, just do another JLI book. and Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, put some heart into it. And, it just yeah. feels like the Times kind of suit Booster Gold. And he was a pretty, I, I always found him a pretty kind of like funny character, you know, like I thought he was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, me too. And, you know, I, I always wanted a Blue and Gold book, so Blue Beetle and Booster Gold together. But, sure. Yeah. Well, they're the team, aren't they? They're the... Uh... That they're the, they're everybody's favorite duo kind of thing. Yep, super buddies. Super buddies. They and then of course Tom King did the super depressing booster gold, where it was like, yeah, I was like, is this booster gold? Jesus, like, <laughs> it was so stupid. It was like he kills Batman's parents. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> like, yeah, like, well, yeah, he he saves his parents at first, and then to set things back, he has to like let them die again it's and it's just like 
so overly done. It's so it was terrible. It was actually that was one of the moments where I was like, "This is maybe Tom King's worst effort," you know? Like, yeah, I agree. Just terrible. Okay, so um, we've covered that in detail uh, without having read the issue on my behalf. Now we have feedback, and I believe you've mm-hmm. got some feedback from Alan. Yeah. So let me find that real quick. Yeah. I'm impressed. Well, once by the again, Alan, we appreciate the feedback. Definitely, I, I'm. I'm loving. Uh, in fact, I, I'm not sure if I commented on Alan's post, but I, I was loving the content. So go ahead. Jeez, oh, where? Oh, there it is. All right. So yeah, I, I tagged Alan in mm. to comment, and he said, "I have to get through all almost four hours of it first because if you remember, we were killing it last episode. You know, four hours." Oh, it was um, a four-hour episode last time, was it, that we did? It was, yeah, the five-year-later five stuff. I've deleted it from a memory. I mean, but yeah, okay. <laughs> it did feel like a long time. Mm-hmm. And he shared a picture of his bookshelf. It looks like he has pretty much everything that's come out in trade on his bookshelf and then cool. a bunch of long boxes. Uh, let's see. Here He's it got is. a massive amount of long boxes, from, if I recall the picture, like, correctly. It was, like, it was, like, it was pretty intense. He's doing all right, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He said, great work through that, though that was a long-ass listen. Lots mm. of F-bombs at the end. I don't remember why we were dropping F-bombs to you. I was probably tired and just over it, <laughs> if I, <laughs> if I have right. to guess. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's see. He says, I find Bendis' take on mon interesting because it seems to pull together a lot of old bits of his history. The Descendant of Superman aspect feels like a combination of both his first appearance, where Superboy initially thinks Mon is his older brother, and references to Monel's descendant, Eltrogand. Uh, besides which, it establishes the Superboy main connection between the two characters in a way that doesn't require classic Silver Age super dickery. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he said he also finds it interesting that Daxium still exists, even though it isn't Monel's homeworld. So yeah. Uh, I mean, I I don't find that interesting. I find that stupid. Uh, yeah. I I think Daxium should be Monel's homeworld. I don't understand why it's not. Yeah. Um, I, I just think it's ridiculous. Like, you had this established homeworld. He had the weakness to lead, which made him slightly different from Kryptonians, although they were like a Kryptonian colony or outpost or whatever they were. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. why change that? It worked perfectly. Yeah, I like the idea of the colony. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just bizarre. And it seems like we're never really going to find out much more about it. Is that just know, Bendis just who changed like... that, or was that pre Bendis? Uh, pretty sure it was just Bendis. Oh, fuck Bendis you know. then. Fuck Bendis. If it's <laughs> if it's just Bendis, it can be retconned out because it's only the last five seconds, you know? Yeah. Well, something that's interesting too is, you know how they're doing that future state stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Are they doing a Legion well, one? Legion is, yeah, it's pretty drastically different, the Legion that they're going to do for that. And I saw in an interview he said something about, you know, it might not go back to how it has been. Mm. Um yeah, so well, that, that doesn't makes surprise me. Feel me. Like if it doesn't, then what's this all been about? You know, like a waste uh, of time. <laughs> yeah, like we had a bunch of setup for something, twelve issues where nothing really happened, and then yeah. there's going to be a huge status quo change. But I don't know. Maybe it will go back. I'm just speculating. I, I think that it's going to be. I, I mean, isn't it? I think because Legion. Look, this is just an outsider's opinion, but because Legion of Superheroes is set so far in the future to the regular DCU. It does feel like they're a bit. It does feel like DC are a bit more free to sort of do a bit of retconning and changing and adjusting as they see fit of the Legion. 
Um, yeah. uh-huh. And I'm not saying that's good or bad. It just f- seems to me that DC feel that way. So it wouldn't stun me if they did some slight edits to it. If Bendis is off the title, like, why should we be strung with Bendis's crappy decisions, you know? Yeah, and I honestly don't know um, if Bendis doesn't stick around, if his version of the team will stick around. Um, bring just it, because I bring think it back other to writers the 60s. might wanna... bring it back to the sixties and seventies. Yeah. Come on, let's do well, that. Yeah, I mean, you you see, even in that Generation Shattered book, they didn't use Bendis's version yeah. of the team, which is like because it's the it's the most recent, like lamest, like it's only been around for the last year or so, as compared to the classic Legion, which has mm-hmm. its own look and is just a hell of a lot cooler. That's just my opinion. I think so too, of course, but, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, he. He gives us advice on the whole Kuhned, uh pronunciation. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, he says basically like saying "cook" um, as for the for the "oo" sound. Cook, Kuhned. Anyway, um, he said he didn't read the end of the previous Legion series before picking up the first five year later issues, but he ended up collecting the whole volume four series, which is the five year later series. Right. And then it turns into the reboot series. Yes. Um, he said sometimes in the hope that it would improve, and he said sadly for him, it did not. Right. Uh, however, when he reread the series later, he found everything up through issue 41 or so held together for me better than I remembered. It may be because the first time I read it uh, was before he really got into cyberpunk. Right. Uh, yeah. There is a cyberpunk link. I noticed that myself um, in the dystopian future of five years later, and I'm playing cyberpunk. You think so? I, I think that there's a uh, like a trace of it kind of thing, you know, because cyberpunk, people stupidly think cyberpunk started with the Matrix. It was actually quite popular in literature in the in the late 80s, you know? Yeah, he mentioned, he even mentions Blade Runner, which was... Blade Runner, yeah, from, from Philip K. Dick, Neuromancer from William Gibson and other books in that kind of genre. It was around in literature um, from like the very early 80s, yeah, for sure. Okay. So, I mean, I could see some of this. I could see some of the traces. Is all I'm saying. I'm not saying it was like fully there, but it was. There were there were trace elements of it for sure. Yeah, I guess I. Uh, I don't know as much about cyberpunk. Well, cyberpunk isn't just exclusively like put it this way. Dystopian future doesn't have to be cyberpunk. You know what I mean? Okay, like, I guess that was that was going to be my question. No, it doesn't. Uh-huh. Like a dystopian, you could have a dystopian future that's just like the world contaminated by massive amounts of pollution, for example, or radiation or whatever, and you could have a dystopian future where we're kind of limping along, and you wouldn't necessarily have to make it cyberpunk at all. Cyberpunk is all about the influence of technology and, like, the internet and virtual worlds and implants in people, all that kind of stuff. You know? Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, he says, if you want to know more about the LGBTQ plus stuff in the five-year-later Legion, right. pick up the book Teenagers from the Future, Essays on the Legion of Superheroes, which I have. Um, and he okay. says, and read his chapter. I didn't know he contributed. Um, it is called Coming Out of Future Closets. For that matter, pick up the book anyway because there's a lot of great stuff in there. <laughs> For that matter, huh? pick up the book anyway because I get a piece of it. <laughs> That's good. That's really interesting. And and in fact, that is such an interesting thing that he's saying there because i do think that encoded in all this legion stuff is a lot of teenage themes and let's face it like we know that there's a large gay fan base for legion um you know for the legion is what i'm saying like in the in the fan community like i mean famously since the 70s i believe 
that's been the case. So that's interesting. So well done, Alan, for contributing that chapter. And I will gladly uh, search that book out and and give it a read. I'd be I'd find that very interesting, actually. Yeah, me too. Uh, I've been meaning to read it. Um, he also said that he guested on the Legion of Substitute Podcasters episode, where they went over the whole Schwan, um, where she had like uh, it was revealed that she was a man and she was taking drugs to. Ah, uh, you woman. mentioned this, didn't you, in the in the show? That was a mm-hmm. what a bizarre twist that was. <laughs> yeah, uh, but field. yeah, I didn't realize that was you, Alan. So that's cool to know. Um, <laughs> well done. Yeah, good good work, Alan. Oh, yeah. I must say, Alan's getting around out there, and now and now he's like giving us a lot of invaluable intel as well. I'm like, you know, uh, he says the uh, characters, the blue assassin robots from the reading, which you might not remember by now, Dave. Uh, he says they're based on Alphonse and Gaston from an old comic strip of the same name. Okay, I do I, I do I've remember heard. what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. they were the ones I joking prepared. amongst themselves. Yeah. What's that? They were the ones doing no you, before you, no before you. Yeah, yeah. After you, you, yeah. You, I compared them to the uh, the man. What are they called? The Goofy Gophers or whatever. Right. From Looney Tunes, but yeah, he's probably more correct. Okay. Um, he also said that the three-breasted stripper is <laughs> a nod to Eccentrica Galambatus. Okay. The three-breasted whore of Eroticon 6 from The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. You know what? That does ring a bell, just that term. Because she's only a term in it. I don't think that she's she, she's mentioned in Hitchhiker's Guide. But, yeah, that does ring a bell for me, actually. Well, yeah, and I was thinking of, you know, obviously the three-breasted uh, prostitute in um, Total, Recall. Total Recall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. <laughs> I think about her a lot. Um <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, that's good stuff, man. So, wow, Alan's really, really on the fucking money. Like, I'm always surprised that people can retain this level of information because I, I just always forget it. But, you know, good, good good, luck to him. I'm very impressed. Oh, uh, last thing he also says is Superboy 205 is one of his favorite stories as well. I don't remember which one 205 was. Do you? Um, I've actually got it here. Uh, hold on. I've got it on my iPad. I, I don't think I don't think I've deleted 205. Oh, okay. I'm wondering, is it the one where they go back to the 70s? Sorry, Uh, the 50s, Smallville, you know? My favorite one? Maybe. It's the one where um, Lana Lang comes to the future with Superboy. Okay. Um, Well, right now I'm struggling to find my Legion on my iPad. So, okay, here we go. Superboy. What what number? No, sorry, I've deleted it. (laughs) So so that reminds me. It's Superboy 205. But I, I'm wondering if if it's is that the one where you know the one I'm talking about the one where it starts with Mordrew, um chasing them and they go back to Smallville to escape him, you know, and he's like searching for them and stuff. You know that one stuff. Um, that was the first Mordrew, three sixty something. Oh okay. Oh I don't yeah. know. Well I don't know. So apparently when we reviewed the Superboy issue, you mentioned uh, Superboy two hundred five. But okay. I don't know. I don't remember. Uh-huh. Yeah, me either. Yeah, I'm gonna. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm doing this new thing on Signal now, where I'm doing live searches. What is it? Superboy starring the Legion. Superboy starring the Legion. Is that right? Superboy starring the Legion. Yeah. Two or five. Let's let's find out so we can get to the bottom of what Alan's saying because I Alan puts in a lot of effort with these comments. Okay, the Legion of the Super Executioners. Um, uh-huh. Superboy takes Lana Lang to the 30th century to reunite her with the Legion. But they find, oh, they find that Ultra Boy has apparently gone insane. Remember that? Ultra Boy has gone insane. Mm-hmm. But when Superboy leaves to find an antidote, the other Legionnaires bind Superboy and Lana for execution. Do you remember that um, 
Ultra Boy is actually sane, and the other Legionnaires have all gone evil for whatever reason. And he tips Superboy off by like tying a certain kind yes of knot, right? by a knot, yeah, and distress knot or something like that. Oh, that that was go. that was a good issue. I enjoyed that issue. Yeah, yeah, I like that one too. Yeah, that was a good one. Well, good. Alan's got good taste, hasn't he? Like you know, I guess he's probably read about. I mean, four... he listens to us. Yeah, so. well, indeed, indeed. That he so he he got <laughs> off on the right foot there. He he made the right fucking move when he got out of bed that day, and then <laughs> and then um. But like he's got this level of information in his brain. It's almost like a computer kind of thing. Like it's almost rivaling you, Adam. Like in in a sense, so he's almost like another <laughs> computer out there in space. <laughs> yeah, Alan the computer. <laughs> but you know, but yeah, he's a different computer, man. He's floating around out there. There's there's more than enough room for. But you're still out there, Adam. <laughs> Don't worry, you know. So ha, well, has that covered all better. of Alan's comments, or, or is there more to come? Uh, da, da. oh, he did say he agrees the original version of Mordru was a badass. Yes. Uh, and was. he doesn't really like what happened to Giffen's art, and then also says that. In Legion of Superheroes 50, the Time Trapper seriously wounded Monel. Uh-huh. However, he didn't die until the technology failed during the Magic Wars. So, okay. yeah. I think before I might have said that he killed him, but he didn't actually quite kill him. But okay. It was and... kind of a weird thing with him is he gets seriously injured in issue 50 and he kind of mm. just keeps going and going. And then <laughs> they have this thing where Magic wrecks all the technology and it uh, kills Monel. And it's like, man, you guys kept him around for like, you know six or ten issues yeah. just to kill him off like this. What, well, he kills off Monel. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were saying that Monel killed the Time Trapper. No, Time Trapper critically injures Monel. Is that what happened? Yes. And oh. then when we read our last reading is when um, Monel tries to kill the Time Trapper. Yes. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. Okay, well, that's interesting. <laughs> well, that's what, you know, that, some of that stuff um, I haven't read yet, but it sounds interesting. But, um, yeah, I just... There's a lot of detail. I love it. Now, okay, so do you want me to read out now from the Resurrections podcast, um, the yeah, email that I received? So this is from uh, fellow members of the collective. Uh, Legion oh, is- wait. At the Resurrections? Is that the Warlock? Uh- yes, yes. Oh, okay, so that must be Al Sedano. Yes, yes, it is, yes. Oh, cool. I know Al. Oh, cool. Well, well there you go. I know so- Al by reputation, I should say. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, he um, messaged me uh, saying he's a massive fan of the Five Years Later stuff. And so I said, well, yes, yeah, send us an email, which he has done, which I'll read out now. He, I think he got us confused, like, because he's referencing stuff that Dave says, but I'm pretty sure it's stuff you said. So anyway, well, I'll read it out as he sent it, and then we can decide if, you know, who, who said what at the end, because I, I, I don't remember really. But I uh, I think some of the stuff he's saying I said, I think it's more you said it. <laughs> Uh, okay, so um, and so the, these guys are members of the collective, which, if Legion, as I haven't said, is kind of like a podcast network that Signal of Doom and Legion Outpost are part of. We all sort of advertise each other's shows. I normally mention a lot more on Signal, but I, I should start mentioning on Legion Outpost as well. It's just we're members of the collective. There's a whole batch of um, shows like Resurrections podcasts, like Into the Night, uh, Inner Demons, all, all different sorts of podcasts, and we all sort of retweet each other's stuff. And we're just all friends, you know. We just have big parties and stuff. Like it's, you know, what can I, what can I, you know, hookers, blow, all that kind of stuff. Now, okay. Um, hey, guys, I've been enjoying the show, but now you're really talking my language. Five years later, Legion, which is where I started picking up the Legion, issue 21, in fact. Yes, it is that storyline with Lobo, and yes, that might have had something to do with it. So here are a few thoughts that I had as I listened to the episode. 
First of all, yes, it's kind of a dystopian story, but it's more than just that. To me, the theme of the entire run can be found on the last page of the previous run. It's the last line set in that issue. As long as there is a legion of superheroes, all else can surely be made right. So what do we see now the Legion has gone for a few years? Nothing good. The galaxy has fallen apart. Once the Legion has reformed, we want it, We start to see it piece itself back together. In issue two, that wasn't a rock that Joe was looking at in the rubble after the goofy gophers blew up his base. Earlier in the issue, he was shaving using an antique shaving kit, which he said was a gift from a friend. It was engraved with LLL Rock. Rock, a.k.a. Cosmic Boy had been shown in earlier series as a bit of a history buff. That was what Joe was looking at, that leftover the leftover pieces of that shaving kit. There yeah, was some good to know. Yeah. There was some talk about how flamboyantly Roxas was dressed, and yes, he was a bit out there. But if you read more of the series, you will see that many of the very wealthy in the galaxy dress similar. It's it's easy to read into it that with all the economic collapse, the ultra rich just got richer and more decadent. Based on your comments on issue three, I think I have to look at this issue again. I only thought that Mordred was using the probes to spy, but maybe the Dominators and EarthGov were too. Also, I wish Apple and or the government was recording everything. It would make life so much easier when I lose a podcast recording. That's a good point. <laughs> um, the planet uh, Winniath, or Winath, however you say it, being very sexually free was something that was implied before. In the early issues of the Baxa run, Lightning Lax had been living on a commune there, and I'm pretty sure they were shown barely clothed there. Issue four, yep. the, the panel at the end that mentioned Lobo is from Legion, uh, sorry, is from issue eight of Legion, L-E-G-I-O-N. It's the panel right before the Durlin, a member of Legion, is sent to the future and replaced with an amnesic phantom girl. If you read on, you'll see what happens to him in issue eight of this series, and the reason why is revealed in annual one. And you did mention that, didn't you, Adam? Like, uh, I remember you. Yeah, a bit of it. He, he probably had more detail than me. And now, this is the bit where I'm pretty sure he's referring to you. It's also nice okay. to know of a fellow Legion APA member. I didn't yep. know you were an intellect, Dave. I'm a member of APA LSH. Now, I have no idea what he's talking about. So, pretty APA sure. is uh, Amateur Press Association, I think. It's like, a, you know, little newsletter things. Oh, right. So he's talking about you, though, isn't he? Like, Yeah. Uh-huh. I was like, I don't even know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is Adam, and he yeah. is the Australian one. Yes. Uh, issue 5 is one of my favourite single comic issues. It's Age of Apocalypse, but done, done in one issue and a few years before the X-Men did it. That's the one where it's like all magic, yeah? The magic world? Yeah, where it's a different reality. Yes. Uh, that is true, actually. It is very like Age of Apocalypse in that sense. Uh, I noticed there was some confusion about who was Mordru's wife in this issue, Missa or Gloroth. Since Gloroth was called first wife, I get the impression that Mordru had more than one of them. That's pretty much what came to me as I was listening. Kind of random and over. There was a lot going on in this story, and you guys had a lot going on in the episode. Overall, I thought it was a really good episode, and even though Adam wasn't loving it as much as Dave, and I obviously do, I thought you were pretty fair in your critique. Looking forward to the next one, Al Sedeno. So yeah, so he definitely had us mixed up because I up, yeah. liked it as much as he did and you didn't. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean I enjoyed it, but like you were loving it, you know, like you, oh, gave, yeah, yeah. you gave it like nine and a half out of ten, didn't you, from memory? Yeah. Uh huh. Okay, so I don't mess around, Dave. No, you don't mess around. Well, I mean, thank you very much for the Resurrections podcast and Al for sending that in because <clears throat> what a well thought out email and and I said to him, I'm just longing to get back to Kerry Bates, you know, and he's like, um. And I think he thought I was joking, but I was like, I'm not joking, man. I love that classic stuff, you know? 
I needed it after that trip to dystopia. Although, having said that, since the show, I went and started reading L-E-G-I-O-N. And I read quite a few issues and was quite enjoying it. So, Yeah, and I, I think it's kind of similar, honestly, in tone to the... Oh, um, yeah, it's not... The, it's maybe a bit more comedic. Later. It's It's got a slight bit more comedy in it. Um, yeah, uh, the five years later stuff gets more comedic with, like, Matter Eater Lad coming back. Yeah, and, and to be honest, I, by the end of the five years later read that we did, I was starting to get my feet, you know what I mean? It was just a lot yeah. at first. Okay, no, I, I, I was really struggling at first. And then, but once you explained it all and I had a bit more sort of context, I um, enjoyed it. But I do think it would be a very tough sell back then to people who weren't familiar with the Legion. Very familiar, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Like it wasn't. Especially not having the internet, you know? I think that's what really helped me figure it out is. Yeah. You know. And if you were a hardcore Legionnaire who had all the issues, like Alan or someone. I think that would have made it easier. But then the flip side is, would they have enjoyed it, you know, as well? Because it's a dramatic change in tone. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, it's interesting uh, to look at. So, does that has that covered all the news and feedback and everything? Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, I sure. guess I'll just mention the giveaway. Yeah. Um, there's still, I mean, not by the time you hear this, I guess, so never mind. But I'll probably be doing more giveaways in the future. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, just definitely. Cool, because you've got these. And what we can also do as well... Um, is we can do some digital giveaways as well that I can take care of for like special events or something like that, you know. I wish we could do death matches, you know. It's so unfair that like gladiators have been outlawed because can you imagine giving <laughs> imagine giving a couple of guys two knives and going just go at it and the and the winner the winner gets you know a fucking free comic. <laughs> yeah, I mean you know you're gonna wipe out our listener base, but uh, well you know, be the strong intact. will survive. The strong will survive, and it might generate more interest for others as well. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's True. like, have you ever seen the movie June, the original? Um, I've seen and, a bit of it, yeah. Well, yeah, it, but there's a good bit at the start where they fight in the shields with the knives. Have you seen that? I don't think so. So they have these, like, um, they have these kind of, like, body, like, electronic shield things that are over them, like, so, like, force fields, but they mm-hmm. fight with knives that if you get the pressure right can go through the shield. It's pretty cool. It's pretty fucking cool. That's how I always imagine people doing a knife fight. It'd be awesome, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. So, do you like that movie? Uh, not particularly, but I, I did read the books, and I, I, I thought it's got some interesting elements in it. Like it, but it's a very disjointed film and very confusing. You know. Yeah. Did you ever watch the? I think it was like a sci-fi TV movie. No, I never. I I saw it on, but I never watched it. The uh, adaptations. No, I, I know they're doing a new movie with uh, Geneva Lanouse doing it. Yeah, uh, a friend of mine really likes the the sci-fi thing and recommended it to me, but I didn't really get around to watching it. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll check out the Denis Villeneuve one. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, the original movie they did back in the eighties with David Lynch is extremely flawed because they just cut so much of the content out. It doesn't mm-hmm. almost make sense. Like it's interesting. Uh, like it, it is an interesting movie, but it's not a good movie. It's you know. Uh, I think Denis Villeneuve, as long as he doesn't make it too boring, like I found Blade, I found that Blade Runner two zero four nine or whatever it was called, or two zero seven nine, actually quite dull. Yeah, I uh, haven't really had time to like. It's one of those movies where you got to sit down and focus on it. Oh and yeah, it goes, for, it it goes forever as well. Like it's so long. Yeah. Like I, I just, I, I honestly didn't think it was that amazing. You know, really, and people were like, oh, it's the best movie of the year. Like, and I was like, God, it was. Okay, you know, is how I describe it. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Now, you let's say Stu said that. 
let's turn to something else that I think is just okay. And that's uh, the Justice League uh, issues featuring the JSA and the Legion. Now, Adam, I was extremely fucking excited to do this. You remember I was just like, I was all about this. You know, I thought this was going to be, I thought this was going to be about as good as it got, frankly. Yeah, you know, I was actually excited too because I've never, um, I might have read the first part, but I've never read the whole thing. Yeah. Um, my dad had the first part and he gave that to me. I think it was probably my first Justice League issue. Um, and it's interesting yeah. to know that this was, um, although out we're only doing 34 pages, it's saying giant Justice League. Was there more to it in the original or I guess 34 pages itself is a bigger Justice League than normal probably? Yeah, I think, yeah, it was just the 34, oh, but yeah, normally okay. they'd be like 24 probably. Yeah, because I was thinking, you know how they sometimes did like the the 100 pages and stuff? And they often would uh, include yeah. like a reprint and stuff like that. So let, let's kick it off. Like at the, I, I do like the cover, actually. I, I like the cover a lot, so much so I would like it on a poster. It's a picture of Mordru. You've got the Justice League members, you've got the Justice Society members, and you've got the Legion members all showing on the page, you know, with the little heads. <laughs> Uh, I do like that convention, and I like the Mordru's there. You've got Wildfire coming down at him. You've got some Just League members, uh, Batman, Superman, and Power Girl in like a force field bubble. Uh, is that Sunboy as well? Mm -hmm. And Brainiac. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a good cover. Yeah, I always thought it was pretty cool. Um, you know, it's just cool to see. Um, I kind of consider these three to be like the three most important super teams. I know you got the Teen Titans as well, but, you know, they're just sidekicks. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I prefer these the, these three to me are more important than the Teen yeah. Titans or, or even Batman and the Outsiders. You know, they're more important than those. Oh, for sure, yeah. I put Batman and the Outsiders ahead of Teen Titans, frankly. Oh, yeah? Mm, okay, I can see that. <laughs> but that's money because of Batman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Metamorpho, um... And whoever else is in it, I don't even know. <laughs> Black Lightning, Katana, Geoforce. Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Halo. They're not oh, too bad. They're not too bad. All right, and then we get to. Um, do you want to take us through the first issue, and then I'll and you know and we'll comment as we go along. I, I've got to sure, say, yeah, might... one yeah, thing I want to say is I really feel the art in this is pretty damn good. The the actual artwork, I, I really like the artwork. Um, I don't think it's bad. I do think it feels. This was 1977. It just yeah. feels like maybe a little like past its prime. Like, yeah. You know, I feel like a lot of the artists have kind of moved on. It's very 70s though, isn't it? Like, don't you? Oh, that's the impression I get. Like, if I if I looked at this and didn't know, I, I would guess this was from the 70s. Like, everything feels very sort of. I don't know. Like, you are right. Actually, it's all a little retro. Yeah, it just feels like maybe it's just like five years out of date where, yeah. um, I don't know. It's just, I was kind of surprised this isn't too far before Paul Levitz comes on and does his big old, you know, Legion run. Yes. But here, I don't know, it just doesn't feel quite as modern. And Paul Levitz is, is one of the co-writers on this issue with Marty Pascoe. Yeah, we should mention that. Paul Levitz, Marty Pascoe. Um, Dick Dillon. Dick Dillon. Yeah. Uh -huh, with Frank McLaughlin, I guess, on inks. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's kind of my problem with the Justice League title is they kept Dick Dillon on the book for so long, I felt like. <laughs> yeah, and but I like... You know, you know like I like this bronze... It's very Bronze Age. This, this, this whole event is very Bronze Age. And I would almost say 
in terms of, I think you said actually, in terms of some of the storytelling mechanisms in this two-parter, at times it's silver agey, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, uh, opening on that first page. Part of that is, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, opening on that first page, Um, I'm, one thing I was pleased to see is you see a uh, back shot of Sadingo on the bikini. Um, <laughs> and is it Shadowlass or, or Phantom Girl with the little in the black? That's Shadowlass. Shadowlass, yeah, is there. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and you've got Chameleon Boy, you've got our Ultra Boy, and Lightning Lad in the hourglass. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and that bikini on uh, Saturn Girl rides a little low in the back, if you know what uh, I mean. Yeah, I, like I you know. see a little bit of her. Uh... Yeah, you do, actually. Yeah, a little bit of a tush. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's, it's good stuff, Saturn Girl. I, I don't know why she ditched it because it. <laughs> I'd, I'd vote for her as a leader. And then you've got then you've got a hilarious scene coming out with Power Girl actually when she's talking to Superman. Even if she got Lightning Lad killed, ah, oh, well, well, he comes back. I think you're cutting out. He comes back, oh, man. He comes back. He gets better. Yeah, you're yeah, he gets better very quickly. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, this first page is just a big splash. Uh, we see the Legionnaires are captive, and the JLA and JSA are facing off against Mordru. Which at this time, Mordru's kind of just mostly a Legion villain, but later yes. on he becomes, you know, uh, a JSA villain as well. Oh, really? Okay, I didn't know that. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, so in the Jeff John stuff, he actually appears there quite a bit. Oh, okay, cool. Well, he's a cool villain. I like him. Um, yeah, me too. Um, who is the really lame-looking uh, <laughs> signing member on the next page with sort of like the stars on him? Who is that? Is that Star Spangled Kid? Uh, the one in the blue or the one in the red? The one in the blue with the white stars? Oh, yeah, stars? Star-Spangled Kid. Is that the one that yeah, was so, um, the guy from um, Stars and Stripes, like when he was a kid? Yeah, so this is the hero. Uh, the guy from Stars and Stripe, the Jeff Johns book, yes. would be his sidekick would have been uh, this guy's sidekick. Oh. Oh, right. So he's not the sidekick. This is this is the Jesus. Well, so the whole that, thing with oh, Stars wow. and Stripe or Star-Spangled Kid yeah. And his sidekick Stripesy was that Star Spangled Kid was the hero, and his yeah. grown up was the sidekick. Oh, I see. Yeah, right. And then Courtney, um, who becomes Star Girl, yeah. becomes the next Star Spangled Kid. Oh, so this guy in the fucking ridiculous like costume isn't the sidekick. <laughs> He's the main hero. Mm-hmm. Yep, and he joins the oh. JSA. Gee, you're struggling if you're a sidekick to this guy. Like this is a that's a that's a bad costume. I've got to say. I actually always loved it for some reason. I don't know why. It is pretty stupid, but you're right. Yeah, I, I, look, I'm not familiar with him. I just saw this guy and I was like, this guy is kidding with this costume. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he gets a better one uh, in Infinity Inc. So okay. there's that. All right. But yeah, we kind of see the JLA and the JSA are um, closing down after they took down uh, Psycho Pirate. Yes. So we get the idea that they had an adventure before this that we didn't get to see. In All-Star 68. Oh, right. Julie okay. Schwartz yeah. says, yeah. So I missed that. It's so, a yeah, the JSA had their own book at this time, and I think now, Paul Levitz was writing that. I want to say one of my favorite bits in this entire two-parter is when they're about to go back to Earth and then Green Arrow just knocks the transmitter out with a boxing glove arrow. <laughs> yeah, and he says... I uh, thought it was hilarious. Wildcat says, not a tiger... Bow slinger, a wildcat. <laughs> but but just no, the listen, fact Green that Arrow, Green Arrow wanted to fucking party, and so he just like knocked out their yeah. thing so they couldn't get back. It was just hilarious yeah. to me. I thought it was funny. He's such a jerk. <laughs> yes, yeah, like thanks, Green Arrow. 
But you know what's really weird is uh, Power Girl is into it. She says, oh, yeah. I'm beginning to really like this place. It has a much nicer brand of Superman, you know? Yeah. And Superman says, oh, thanks, Power Girl, I guess. But frankly, I can't get, get used to you. You're nothing like my cousin, Supergirl. Like, and he's like, she's like, maybe not, but that's her problem. Uh, yes, but would you like to go, go and see the JLA trophy room? I'd love to if you'd show it to me, Superman. Like, she's just really into Superman. Well, why would you go to another Earth and then the only guy that you want to hit on is your cousin? You know? No, but are they cousins? Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. That, okay. That's well, I mean, she's cousins with the Earth 2 Superman, and this is the Earth 1 Superman, I think. It's pretty close to the source. Yeah. yeah. You know, it could be different, but later on, at least, it's established that that's their relationship. I mean, and this I one, it's, it's heavily encoded that she's into it, and... and and Black Canary's like, incredible. And I used to call you a fast worker, Oliver. And then he's like, chuckle. I guess I've got women's lib on Earth too, pretty bird. <laughs> chuckle. <laughs> it's just like, it's a real snapshot into like 1970s kind of like just lingo and just. Yeah, yeah it, it, it is odd. If she's the cousin in Earth 2, then. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if that's quite been established yet. But okay. I mean, that's what he says is that you're different. You're nothing like my cousin Supergirl. And I know later on it's established that she's like the Earth 2 Supergirl. But yeah. I don't know. Anyway, it is what it is. Weird. I guess it was the 70s. So it was First the 70s. cousins were like, you know. Kissing, cousins. kissing cousins like the yeah. um, Elvis Presley movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, we, we're we in the watchtower, and then some giant hands come in, and they grab a bunch of the JLAers and yeah. JSAers. And they're getting, I think, pulled into the future. Yes. By Mordrew. Exactly, yeah, and there's a, has... there's a nice picture okay. on, on page six of all, like, I quite like this picture with the hand and all of them in it. Looks pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's everybody yeah. out and says their names. Yeah. Except for Batman and Black Canary. Yes. Oh, it's just the JSAers that they're pointing out. Yes, yeah. Yeah, like Hawkman's there. And I guess we should mention that um, this JSA, JLA thing was like a yearly reunion. Yes, um, yes. At this time. And it mm-hmm. started back in like the dawn of the 60s didn't it like it was like in the 60s at some point so it there'd been a lot of them you can actually get all the collections of all their crossovers in crisis on multiple earth the the trade paperbacks that dc put out yeah i actually have all of them but five which is hard to find and now after reading this one i'm like maybe i should just get rid of them if they're not gonna be any better than this story uh they're all pretty kitschy we've done we've done some of them on the show before like they're very much like novelty they're a bit of fun to read but they're not like great comics if you know what i mean yeah exactly and they always seem to have a twist like this one has the legion yes uh you know maybe a different one will have like shazam in it or something yeah yeah, they're okay if you're looking for just a snapshot of the time period they're a Mm -hmm. bit of fun you know but like yeah i'll give them a shot they're not fucking watchmen you know what i mean like (laughs) yeah yeah um yeah, so Superman's filling everybody in, saying this is Mordrew, and look, he's got some captive legionnaires. Mm. Uh, and it's going to be kind of hard to summarize this, because honestly, yes. uh, it was just kind of dull. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and I also... So he had the legionnaires, though, in the hourglass from the very beginning, didn't he? Like, it, it, it doesn't sort of show that happening. It just felt like the legionnaires in this were very much like the most least lesser of the teams. Like, yeah, which is annoying because, you know, you would think that the JSA and the JLA could take take a back seat for this one because, you know, yeah. they're always in the crossovers. Yeah, I, I just felt that there wasn't enough 
um, Legion stuff in this in these issues. Like the Legion were really sort of on the sidelines. Yeah, it's almost like it would have been a better story if it was just able to focus on less characters. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I, I will say this. I do like the artwork. Um, I know it's retro, but I think the way he draws Mordru is really good, and I do think he he does pretty good likenesses of all the members. Uh, I heard a um a thing about Mar- Marty Pasco before he pa- sadly passed away. He was a regular on John Sanchez's Word Balloon, mm-hmm. and he was talking about Dick Dillon, um, and uh, you know him being on Just League for so long, and apparently he had awful gout. And he was in constant pain, um, and he he needed the money to keep to you know to keep drawing, and so he was happy to get the work, but there was a feeling that he kind of had passed his use by date in a way. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree, but I just feel bad for the guy. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think he might have, you know, I, I don't know the ins and outs of it all, but yeah, he it was he was in a tough situation, if you know what I mean. I think he produced yeah. a pretty. Good. I mean, he had a lot of character work. People talk about George Perez, but this guy was grinding away at it for month after month on on a lot of characters on the Just Sleep book, you know? Yeah, I mean, he was even doing it, I think, up until, you know, Perez was on Titans and yeah. uh, Giffen was on Legion, and those guys were kind of like, uh, you know, uh, becoming big names with yes. their... Yes. updated styles, and I felt like the Justice League didn't so much. Uh... No, Justice League, this is honestly, um, in the very early 80s when I was like a little kid, um, <clears throat> if you went into the drugstore or the, you know, whatever you went, the newsagent, and you picked up Justice League, this is kind of what it always was. It always felt like it was like a million and two people. Um, <clears throat> and it also f- felt weirdly dated. Do you know what I mean? I always felt yeah. that. And I always used to think, oh, you know, the book I want to get just like because it's got everyone in it. But then I'd pick up an issue, like just to, to read in the store, and I'd read it and be going, I don't know about this. It's just like, there's t- even as a young kid, I was like, there's just so many people. And it seems and they really... all sound the same. Yeah, and also it seems really simplistic. You know, like mm-hmm. there's just too many. It was one of my first lessons in like, there is such a thing as having too many characters in one story all the time. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, I have this cool like metal sign on my uh, spinner rack, and it has like the classic satellite era Justice League. So cool. it's, you know, the big seven, and then it's got Elongated Man, Hawkman, Black Black Canary, Zatanna, Firestorm, Red Tornado, Green Arrow, uh, cool. and uh, you know, I love this sign, and I look at it, and I'm like, man, those must have been some great like exciting stories. But then looking back at the issues, it's like, oh, well, I just you know, they don't really interest me because they're all kind of like this. Some of them are better. Um, they, they are simplistic. I, I, I think yeah. what happens here as well as the normal team, which is already a lot of people, you've got two extra teams, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's the funny problem. I just find it disappointing that Legion have such a backseat in this issue. Like, like honestly, if you have to summarise this story, we should probably even just do a synopsis of these yeah. issues. Um if you just want to talk a bit more, I'll, I'll, I'll bring up the next one to do a... Uh, I'll read off the synopsis from Wikipedia. Okay, yeah, so, you know, Mordrew captures the JSA and the JLA, and then they turn the tables on him and tie him up, but then he escapes and captures them again. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then that's when we kind of see where Mordrew took down that initial batch of Legionnaires, and there was another batch of Legionnaires that were sent out on a mission. Uh, and he's trying to receive... Or he's trying to get these like three artifacts mm. uh, scattered through time 
Yes. Uh, or no, sorry, they're not scattered through time, but they're scattered through space. And he has he has some of them in a. Whenever they're supposed to retrieve them, though. What's weird is if he was traveling back through time, I don't understand why he didn't just grab them from the JLA watchtower because they you could actually see them in the watchtower when he's grabbing them. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, yeah. Wasn't he trying to do that though? Trying to grab the the items. Yes, I thought that's what he was Maybe. trying to do. He might be right, and then he just took them because. But I've actually, I mean, I've actually, at the end of the whole issue, I'm so ship. confused about what happened to the satellite at the end of the whole, in the next issue. I, I, I'm struggling to understand if the satellite is still operational at the end of the second issue. Yeah, Adam, so I got the impression that that's exactly what he was trying to do. Um, he was trying to gather these items in the satellite. I thought that's the whole point of it. But you're just saying you think he was just trying to drag the people? Oh, you might be right, honestly. I mean, it was just kind of hard to get through this one. <laughs> it was. It was, but, uh, it was confusing, even to Even after honest. that, yeah. why didn't he go back and take another attempt to just grab him? I mean, I don't know. Maybe there was some kind of explanation that I just missed. Yeah. Did you like but. the... Uh, there's almost no character moments in this, which is disappointing. Um, there, there's, a, there's a good conversation between Brainiac and Batman, which I enjoyed. Um, I missed that. Yeah, it's in... Um, it's on page 24 where Superman, uh, Batman's talking to Brainiac um, and he's talking about a scarecrow that were used by farmers to keep scavengers away from their crops and all this stuff. I thought that was interesting. Oh, yeah, that was... Uh, yeah, and then Brainiac gets, like, the wrong idea. He's like, of yes. course, we spray the planet with a pesticide. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and, and, and Green guess... Lantern's like, wait, you don't understand... He may be a student of history, GL, but he can't study what's not in the books. <laughs> and then yeah. you've got someone else going, doesn't anyone remember anything about our time? It's like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. So that's about as good as it gets there, huh? <laughs> yeah. No, but like, but, but what I'm saying is like there's, there's almost no character moments between all these people meeting up. I wish they would give them a chance to sort of have a conversation, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, the most we really get, I think, is between Black Canary and Green Arrow as they're held captive together. <laughs> I um, guess you get Superman and Power Girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A weird uh, incest <laughs> yeah. thing. How awesome would it have been if they cut to the trophy room and Superman was just making out with Power Girl during the adventure? <laughs> <laughs> He's not even aware of what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not so great. <laughs> I would have enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it would have taken a turn for sure. Uh, but yeah, it was interesting that I think uh, Green Arrow and Black Canary are talking about, um, you know, themselves. And uh, if I remember right, I thought Black Canary actually joined the Justice League from the Justice Society. Like she left Earth to Black Canary to go to did, did do that. Yes, she did definitely right. did that. Yeah, and and a whole part of her early stuff is like she was just kind of like a rookie in the in earth one if you know what i mean like she was she was kind of fresh to it oh really but by this but that. by this time she she'd been there longer kind of thing well they just made oh, a big they've just made a big production out of the fact that she'd yeah. come from another earth and so green arrow was kind of showing her the robes a bit and stuff like that you know yeah and then i think later on it's retcon that her mom was the black canary of the jsa and then she was the black canary with the jla you, can i just say i hate that though that where they're like because the retcon doesn't make sense because if you go to the – this is what annoys me. If you go to the issues, like in the 70s, it's clearly, you know, um, Diana. You know what I mean? 
Like, it's clearly Dana. her, and she's having a relationship with Green Arrow. So ha- I don't understand how the retcon makes sense. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like, oh, well, was her mother. I think the retcon happened after Crisis, maybe, so okay. that... Um, right. Or maybe... It might have been before Crisis, actually. Um, right, so they just use the Crisis kind of, like, changing reality kind of thing. Well, I mean, I guess it's just, like, you know, once there was a black instead of them being from different dimensions, they were just from different points in time. Right. Um, so I guess they could have just said that she went forward in time and became Black Canary, but <sighs> with yeah. the justice, I don't know. I, 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 don't just, know. I, I find the original story more interesting that she came from another dimension, you know? Yeah. I mean, they couldn't do that, though, after Crisis. No, so that's it right, to be it like all... she came through time, Yeah, which okay. they could still do, which would still be easier than... Her mom. It's her mom, uh, I guess. And, you know, know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it is kind of dumb. <laughs> and then, anyway, I think we're pretty much done with issue one. Yeah. Mordrew gets the artifacts and he lets out uh, the three demons. Uh, I forget. Yes. Wrath, Abnegazar, Abne- and Wrath. I forget the other one's name. Uh, Abnegazar, Wrath, and Ghast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they get the Who bell. basically make Mordru into a little bitch. And it is hilarious that the, the, they just immediately turn on Mordru. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just dominate him, like, straight away. <laughs> and it's just like, Mordru, maybe you didn't think this one through, big guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, they just completely dominate him. Now, I've got... Thank you for doing that, because it, it is a confusing... Like, frankly, it's a confusing fucking two-parter. Like, in terms of what's going on on a page-to-page basis, it's, it, it's not exactly... Um, now I've got the synopsis for the next issue, so I'll read this okay. out. This is this is off the DC fandom page. Synopsis okay. for Crisis in Triplicate, and I do find it interesting that they use the word crisis. So it's it's so long before um, the crises on Infinite Earths, you know? Oh yeah, that's where they got it from, right? Was the first one was called like Crisis on Earth Two or something, something like that? Yeah. And yeah. then they kept using that, and then they decided to use it for the big event. And then DC just fucking realized that they could just constantly use and abuse it for the rest of time um okay so synopsis for crisis in triplicate the victorious demons disagree regarding the ultimate faith on earth ultimate fate of the earth abana wishes to leave the world as it is wrath seeks to enslave the human race and ghast holds to the original plan of returning the planet to a primitive state since their own powers cancel each other out the trio forced the superheroes to champion them in the three-way struggle for supremacy. Isn't this just one of the oldest conventions in comics? Um, yeah. Abanagaza enslaves the Legion. Wraith controls the Justice Society and Gas takes over the Justice League. Mordru seizes the opportunity to release Green Arrow and Black Canary from captivity and Black Canary reasons that if the heroes reach a stalemate in their battles, the demons will be forced to wage personal combat once more and perhaps cause their own destruction. Real quick, though, mm. when she comes up with that idea, Superman and Batman give her a kiss on the cheek. Yes. Which I thought was funny. You would never see Batman kissing somebody on the cheek today. A little kiss kiss. Oh, he might. Yeah. He might kiss. Uh, I guess he would kiss uh, Catwoman on the lips. Robin? Yeah, okay. Robin, yeah. Give Robin a little <laughs> kiss, kiss goodnight. Good job, Robin. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, perhaps because they're on With all three teams seemingly defeated... Abanagaza and Wrath do indeed battle to the mutual obliteration and the superheroes are able to combine forces to su- overcome the surviving Ghast, who is imprisoned by Dr. Fate in the reconstructed JLA satellite. 
that was the part that confused me. I because at the end of this, um, and that is actually a good synopsis of what is a very confusing issue. Mm-hmm. There's so much going back and forth in time and people going in and out of that hourglass that I was really struggling. Um, well, I think what's confusing me too is that Abnegazar, Wrath, and Gast look very similar. pretty similar. So yes. it's kind of yes. Uh, Although I yeah, did like so it, I did like it that is... one of them wanted to um, uh, leave the world as it was. That that took me as a surprise. You know? Yeah, me too. Yeah, uh, yeah. I thought they'd all be evil. Um, yes. But yeah, what happened? I guess is that between the time of the Justice League's time and the Legion's time is the satellite was destroyed and those um, items were scattered through the space. And one of them ended up with the uh, Prody. You remember Prody from the Legion Love with him. his people yeah, on Antares. Um, and then what happened at the end is that they actually reassembled the headquarters, the satellite in the Legion's time. And that's right. what trapped them. So this demon's trapped in the satellite though. Yeah. Okay. Is that? I wonder if that's explored in the future. Surely, someone uh, uh, a follow up. You don't think someone would have done a follow up story? Uh, that feels like a Jeff. Oh, Jones. I would have liked that. Well, it feels like something Jeff Johns or someone would do. You know, like oh, okay. this this little thread here, we can we can work with this for a storyline. Um, yeah, that'd have been cool. But yeah, I don't think there's ever really any mention of the Justice League headquarters and the oh. Paul Levitt stuff. Okay. All right. Well, interesting. Um, yeah, and then it's like it's over. The very earth itself seems to breathe a sigh of relief. And while it might, for this day, it has come within an inch of its life. A brilliant plan, Justice League. I salute you, says Dr. Fate. Couldn't have done it without you, Doctor. It's just like... <laughs> and, and then, like, because um, everyone was fighting against each other. What did you think of them fighting against each other, but they were conscious of the fact that... It was kind of interesting. They were, they were, they were forced to fight against each other, but their minds weren't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they, so they were conscious of what was going on, but they couldn't control their bodies fighting against each other. And, and like, um, Superman's like, no hard feelings then? And Wildfire's like, of course not, Superman. None of us are responsible for our own actions. Not completely, at least. So it's just a classic case of just uh, no hard feelings from everybody. And um, yeah. interesting, though, uh, that Green Lantern wipes their minds causing us to forget yeah. our knowledge of all aspects of this time that relates to our own personal futures. And somehow, I don't think I'm going to mind forgetting about this experience. So, as we know, later on in Legion, um, not Legion, but Just League uh, history, it becomes a big plot point in Identity oh, Crisis yeah. where is it is it Zatanna and maybe Green Lantern wipe the minds? Yeah, um, Zatanna, Green Lantern, Flash, Hawkman, uh, you know, yeah. basically all the... Uh, Justice Leaguers that were like not Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Yes, yeah. Or Elongated Man. They do a bit of wine moping. Um, do they do that mm. to Catwoman as well? Because they don't make a less. I think evil? it's implied in the yeah. Crisis of Conscience uh, right. of Justice League. Right, okay, yeah. Anyway. Um, she at the time was like starting to, you know, uh, she was um, like in Hush where she kissed Batman. Yes. And this is kind of casting doubt about, you know, how, what her true loyalties is. But it, it was cool here to see the Justice League and the Legion and the JSA all on the same panel yes. uh, on the headquarters there. It was cool to have the Legion meet up with you know the heroes that inspired them. Yes. Um, and then also cool that Batman gets to meet the Legion. Um, yeah. I, he might have met him before. I don't think so. But 
Um, there was one Elseworld like uh, imaginary story from back in the day where Batman ended up joining the Legion. That's cool. Yeah. What was it's his like power that, though? I don't know. Super detective. Deduction. Did super detective. Super douche. Super intelligence yeah. or something like that. Like he skates by on that very fucking thin claim. Um, yeah, exactly. Other people get rejected for having actual powers that don't quite make you. <laughs> Batman just waltzes in. Um, yeah. yeah, look, I mean, in concept, I thought this was going to be a lot better than what it was. You know, I was a bit disappointed by these issues. I Look, I'm being honest. I feel I'm being generous giving it 6 out of 10. I actually feel like it's more, more like a 5.5-er. Um, uh, yeah, I was going to go 5.5. Yeah, uh, look, in the interests of, uh, how shall I say, sort of like, um, you know, being true to it, I'm going to have to give it 5.5 as well. I was actually not very impressed by these issues. I was, in fact, a bit disappointed. Um, I felt they were overly complicated, sort of not complicated in a good way. They were messy. You know, it was hard to keep track of who, who was doing what. I never liked complicated it. in a way where it just felt like they were trying to fill pages yes, by sending exactly. them out on different quests. But like, um, you could have just made it so much more. Like, what was stopping them from making it, this story more interesting? Like, you've got all these cool teams. Um, I wouldn't have minded if this was a three part or if you'd just given us some decent content. I thought the art was was good. Uh, I never like it when it gets down to like I, I have this thing with comics. I don't like it when it's just like okay. We've separated everyone into their own teams um, under the influence of, like, the evil person. So it's just societies in one, legions in another, JLA's in yeah. another. I always find that such the laziest way to do something. Um, at least I mix them up. I also don't like the, hey, we're going to split up into groups. Like, yeah. oh, there's going to be a Justice League and a JSA are here, Justice League and a JSA are there. And it's like That is a convention okay. in Justice League, though. That was yeah, how Justice League know. always did it. They were always like, Green Lantern and... Wonder Woman are gonna go here. Batman and Superman are gonna go here. Blah, 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 like, and you just have to contrive things to have these separate missions rather than just being like, yeah, I, I oh, just I'll like. This. Also, I, I I say to people like, with the Justice League book, you don't actually have to have all seven of them doing something every issue. You can mm -hmm. you can actually devote some issues to build some character moments, like pay it off, like. Make it more of a soap opera kind of style thing. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, look at the Superboy stuff we're, we're about to do is kind of in that style where it's exactly. like, here's a story with Princess Projector and Karate Kid. Exactly, exactly. The Legion is a great example of that. All these Legion episodes, it's not always like every single member has to do something in the issue or they don't count, you know? Yeah, um, yeah I just, yeah, I 5.5. I, and you know what? Honestly, I feel I'm still being generous, you know? <laughs> I really. I was gonna say yeah. five, and then I was like, ah, five point five, because I do like the covers, and yeah. like you said, the art is capably done. Yeah, I enjoy uh, there's just not a lot there in the writing. No, there's not. And and Marty Pascal, who I've enjoyed at times a lot, he has a, he's doing a weird Saturday morning cartoon style as well, where he's talk at times talking to the reader directly, like, "Hey, reader, are you confused?" That kind of stuff, like, yeah. You know, this would normally be the part of the story where we do such and such, but yeah, not this story. Yeah, like I'm not sure if that was needed. You know, I, yeah. I I feel like that was. It did feel a bit like okay, we've got like two hours. We got to whip something up quick. You know. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I just feel and, that and, puts and Levitz too. I guess we should also mention. Yeah, well, blame. it it also <laughs> seemed it seemed a bit like Paul Levitz was there to kind of give advice on the Legion or something, but the Legion are barely there. 
you know? Well, uh, like I was saying, he was also, I think, writing the JSA at this time in the All-Star right. comics or whatever title. I just don't care about the All-Star comics and all that shit at all. Yeah. You know? In fact, actually, he was probably writing the JSA more than he was writing the Legion at that oh. time, but Alan Williams can uh, check Alison. me on that. Yeah, Alan <laughs> Williams can, can, can... I'm sure Alan Williams has got the issues, you know? I, that That's yeah. one aspect of DC that's never interested me. Like, I like the JSA when it's Jeff Johns, but all that Roy Thomas fucking all-star squadron stuff and all that stuff. It, it, look, I don't know much about it, but it just doesn't seem like it's my cover tea at all, you know? Yeah, I have all those issues because, you know, I love the JSA, and then it turns out like, oh, maybe I just like this more modern interpretation of the JSA yeah. or the Jeff Johns and the James Robinson and David Goyer JSA. Yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking about unloading those yeah. uh, all-star squadrons. Yeah, it's interesting. It it is it is fascinating at times to go back and look at the seventies stuff and decide whether you like it or not. And sometimes you're pleasantly surprised, and there's stuff there that you like. Other times you're like, hmm, this reminds me when I was a little kid when I would pick these issues up and just put them back down again. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think that speaks to how remarkable I find the Legion yes. and the fact that they're generally pretty consistently, you know, totally at least agree. good. Totally agree. Uh, yeah. There is some errors that, you know, I don't like. And there's one that actually our most recommended issue mm. uh, from our poll mm. is an issue. Um, the listeners would know the issue number, but it's with uh, a villain called Dr. Mayavale. And it's kind of considered one of the the worst Legion issues with from one of the like not so great eras. Okay. So it'll be fun to cover. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I guess my point is like you know the Legion had that too, and maybe oh, I'm yeah. just being overly harsh on the Justice League, but I just haven't found anything to really like there. Yeah, I mean, look, I you know I I like that Bronze Age stuff from the Justice League, but it, it's limited doses, and when I compare it to like Conan from the same era, the the Conan stuff's just so much more powerful, you know. I think yeah. it struggles because it sometimes it, it hasn't it, it's like it hasn't grown up with the times. They're still doing 1960s kind of stories with better art, but the storytelling hasn't advanced, you know? Well, maybe it's like this book's been successful, you know, it was always written for kids. So, you know, this is our number one book. Keep writing it for kids and then maybe the other books were able to like yeah, you know, we would have the Marvel Wolfman Titans and the Paul Levitt's Legion where they're doing. It's just a shame because I I could imagine in the seventies there would have been writers like I, I look I, I've got to read more of it because I've got the two omnibuses and what I've read at the first omnibus at first I'm like it's simplistic but there's good moments in it like I'm reading the Denny O'Neill stuff and it's like I I can see the good in it you know um, yeah. but then as well I can see stuff that this could come straight out of 1964 you know. Like it's yeah. it's very that very simplistic kind of alien invades real simple storyline, you know it's there's no complexity to it at all, and people are still separating in groups, and I I, don't, I just think mm, I'm not sure, guys, you know. Yeah, and it's probably going to be you know the writer that it comes down to. You know, there's probably certain readers or writers that had a better handle on it than others. Yeah. A I good, think in this instance we can say um, not in this, a great. In this instance, it wasn't. And I'm sure a lot of you Legionnaires like it from the time, but just from our 
never having read it before perspectives. Oh, at the well. time, if I was a Legion, like I can tell you, in the 70s, if I'd been in the mid-70s, I would have been picking up Legion. I would have been picking up Justice uh, League for sure, you know, for yeah. sure. Um, I would have been high as a kite about this at the time, you know? Um, but we're looking at it with 2020 eyes and we're a long way removed from the glow of nostalgia. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, there's been better crossovers done since with the Legion. It's just a shame because I was really hoping, I think I was one of the situations where I was, I thought this was going to be cool. You know, I thought this was really going to be something special, but anyway, it is what it is. Oh, and yeah, from my perspective, like I said, never having read this before, I was like, Ooh, maybe, you know, it's one of those last little gems that I can still discover. Yeah. And, you know, I was kind of disappointed. Yep, but that's life, my friend. You know, it can't all, it can't all be gold. Nope. In, the, in those hills, sometimes it's just fool's gold, you know? Now we come to what I feel is the far strongest selection for this show, uh, the Superboy starring a legion, because we do want to get it correct because we know Alan uh, did the correction one time, <laughs> uh, 206 to 2010. I've got to say I enjoyed every single one of these issues, um, actually. To be honest, I I don't know about you, but for me, <clears throat> I, I found every one of them was quite enjoyable. Um, what did you think, Adam, of the first issue, two hundred six? Um, I really enjoyed most of them. I think there was one or two that were a little weaker. Yep. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, these were the issues. This one was one of them that I always kind of went to when I was a kid. Uh, you, you see how the front has the Superboy starring the Legion of Superheroes, and there's like a kind of like a border yes. there that closes that in. I felt like all the issues that had that kind of border, you knew you were getting a good issue. Right. What, the yellow border you're talking about? Well, yeah, they have the yellow with like the purple inside. Yes. You know, they might change the colors, but the ones that had like this kind of uh, banner at the top were okay, always good. Okay, cool. Yeah, all right. Yeah. So at this point, was... Superboy still, because my my copy only has the Legion storyline. By this point, was there a separate Superboy backup in the actual issues? If you've got the originals, or was it just the the Legion story? No, so there would I think there would generally be two Legion Super uh, Legion stories. Right, so there wasn't like a separate Superboy story though. Huh, well, um, I don't know if he had a separate title at the time. I don't think he got one until. Uh, the Legion completely take over. So, yeah, I think there's... Maybe they just realised that Superboy was just... Combining it with the Legion was just way more popular than Superboy Solo, you know? Yeah, I think so. That's what the fans were asking for. Yeah, I love it. Good, good, good for them. Good decision. Yeah. I love this storyline. Um, It's so cool, actually. I, I, I think it's like the, the, the start of it... I didn't even realise it was Superboy having the having the nightmare in the sort of white pyjamas. I, I would have thought he would have been sleeping in Superboy pyjamas, but no. <laughs> um, and he's, he's his own biggest fan. Yeah, yeah, I would have been. Um, <laughs> if I was a superhero, I'd definitely sleep in my own pajamas. Uh, and he's having dreams of Pharaoh Lad and Invisible Kid, who have both um, unfortunately passed away. And we've covered their deaths, I think, previously. We covered Invisible, Invisible Kid, Kid, and I think yeah. you read the Pharaoh Lad one over on the signal. I have, yes, I have. That's correct. Mm-hmm. But we should probably do it on this. Uh, feed sometime because it's yes, a good story. Definitely. Smallville, USA, a small community typical of hundreds of other small towns in the 1950s. That's right. That's the Superboy I like. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing missing from this issue was crypto, frankly. You know? Yeah. That's right. a shame. It is a shame, but, you know, we can't always get what we want. And and so Superboy's flying around 
and then he encounters Pharaoh Lad. Impossible. It can't be you. It just can't. Um, and Superboy is just, I like the question mark. Who is this ironclad character called Pharaoh Lad? Why is Superboy so bewildered by his unexpected appearance? All will be explained, but first a mystery deepens. And, then, and here's where I interject and say how much I love seeing Pharaoh Lad. You know, I love when they work him into a story because yeah, cool. he wasn't around very long. And wasn't he a a fan creation or something? He was a Jim Shooter character, and um, so no, not a fan created. Oh, I thought that there, there was like a fan or something like had something to do with this, and and pitched mm. the story to Jim Shooter or something. Oh, okay. I don't okay. think so. You might be right, though. We have to look into that. Alan oh. Williams. I yeah, like Al- to say his name. And I, I want to say this: it might even be, I might even be a more modern thing. But I, but I thought there was a legionnaire that was created by a fan and and killed off or something. I thought that was Pharaoh Lad. But you're saying mm. Jim Shooter created it? Okay. All right. Yeah, I mean that was one of the first stories Jim Shooter did back when he was like 13 or 14. Um, oh. But, right. you know, there was the thing we talked about where he wanted him to be black and then kill yes. him off whenever they weren't allowed to make him black. Yeah, that that sucks. It speaks more to, the, I guess, the times. Uh, what time period is this when Feral Lab was created? Was it the 60s or was it the 70s? Uh, Feral Lab would have been uh, 60s, probably like 66, I think. So right in the middle of sort of the civil rights kind of movement, <laughs> really. So it was still fairly segregation still happening then, I think, wasn't it? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, no, so yeah, fair enough. Okay. Um yeah, so continue. I think it's I think it's I think it's awesome. So he sees Sir Feralad. And then who's this chick that he's that he's walking around with? It's not Lana. Yeah, Susie. Susie. I don't know. I'm like some skank. Yeah, some skanky little minx, um, instead of Lana, who herself is like it's 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 un, it's unusual that Lana's letting him just roll around with some other girl. Yeah, though. He also knocked Lana out like a few issues ago with that apple, if we remember. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He gave her a bit of a taste of his, uh, you know, sort of. (laughs) He he just, he was just like, yeah, she's got to go. And then he just like fully just like knocked her out completely. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was funny. He's going to just say, ah, you know, I've got diarrhea. No, he just knocked her out. He just knocked her out. So, like, it's almost like he slaps it around a bit. Um, but yes, yeah, so Susie's there, um, and they see someone being is falling off a building or something, or a skydiver was blown off course. Um, I love it when he's like, uh, she's like, he shoot, it didn't open, he'll be killed. He's like, no, he won't. Even if I have to reveal my double identity to save him, that's like Clark. But then suddenly someone is carrying him to safety, but they can't see anyone there. Um, but then they see it's Invisible Kid. And, and I have to say, this is one of those situations where you try to put him in a situation where he would have to reveal his identity, but we've seen him get out of these situations like a hundred times without oh, sure. yeah. revealing his identity, where it doesn't really work well, to me, with I mean, his super, if you think about it too much. With his super speed, I mean, he could get away from her very quickly without even revealing, right. you know you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. he's got the power. Or his super breath, you know. Yes, yeah, true. But, yeah, that's, you know, a good point. that's just a, one of those little nitpicks where, you know, um, it's hard for them to remain consistent with that kind of thing if they want to tell compelling stories. Yeah, yeah. And also, can I say, it is part of the charm of Superboy, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. come on. I mean, he's always, he's a bit more innocent, you know, than anything else. Like, especially when he's in Smallville. When he's in Smallville, he seems to really revert to sort of more of an all shucks kind of persona. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, anyway, so, yeah, so we see Invisible Kid who's got that cool headband um, and it's kind of funny. And then and then he's like, tell me I'm not seeing ghosts. We're real, Superboy. And in the flesh, examine us with your X-ray vision and see for yourself. He's like, it's true, gasp. I see living tissue. <laughs> I like that. I like that he's doing that. And then how about, because they're in the headquarters beneath the house or beneath the farm, mm-hmm. wherever it is, and um, then suddenly the red gobs um, bulb is, is ringing and it's his crisis alarm. Um, it alerts me when an emergency occurs in town. I've got to leave. <laughs> My question is, like, uh, I know that we find out that he staged this, but, like, who would have alerted this um, emergency of a robot traveling through ground? Like, who alerted him? I guess he has, like, uh, well, sensors maybe. set up or something. Was it rigged? Well, we find out later that he built the robot himself. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe he rigged the whole thing, is what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 that's what I mean. Is You know, if you think about it too much, it's like, those guys would be like, well, why did you have an alarm for a robot showing up outside of town? Like, what? Well, I think, the I, I think the alarm is just in general. Like, it's just, you know, because Superboy is kind of like the big cheese of the town. Like, so, you know, yeah. don't you remember, like, the president's got his number? Um, yeah, but I mean, did the president call in and say, "Hey, there's this robot coming through the ground"? <laughs> but, but like the cops might have, though. But like, I don't sure. think the president's going to get involved on that level. It's, yeah. it's too small. But even the cops, like so far, what we see is he's still underground. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. That's maybe I'm not, maybe I didn't read it. No, but Close I think it. you're right. It's 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 suspension of disbelief. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you are you are correct there. But but I got to be honest, I really like this issue, and then. Um, after they do it, uh, they say we can travel the 30th century and resume where we left off. Thanks for having faith in us, Superboy. And well, they... yeah, because they said if we don't, now that we're back, we have to be up to standard or else we're going to like banish ourselves to some other time period. Yes. So, yeah. And and then they, you're both ready to rejoin the Legion, and then they go forward in the time bubble, um, and then they just explode. Pharaoh had two, and Invisible Kid 2 could only survive... Only 48 hours. I'm afraid, so sad and girl, that two-day lifespan still flaws our cloning process for duplicating Legionnaires. As soon as the 48 so, hours elapse, the duplicate cells inevitably explode. And, and it's nice to see sad and girl there in a bikini as well. Can I yeah, of course, yeah. But it's 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 fortunate that those um, they got back in the time bubble and weren't standing around people before they fucking exploded. Yeah, it was quite a big explosion as well. Like it shattered yeah. the time bubble. Like, yeah, I mean, what about Mom, Pa, Kent? Yeah, would have kind of been funny. Um, <laughs> Superboy's just there going, "Oh shit!" Like my fucking the Legionnaires killed my parents. But but also you were in on it, Superboy, because you were like part of the test. At what point was he in on it though? Because when they first show up, he's thinking like, "Oh, I'm surprised." Are we supposed yeah. to think that they called him before they showed up in his house? I guess. No, I, I got the impression that he was just acting. Like so, even in his mind, though, it's silly. Yeah, he was really going method actor. <laughs> no, you're a good point because he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm in on it." At the end, and it's like, "Were you?" Because yeah. in his head, he's like, "Holy shit, it's the Legion or it's Fairlad and the Invisible Kid." Yeah, I know. But yeah, but th- that's funny. just typical of a time period, yeah. like you know. Yeah, you are right. I thought that as well. It's like, were you? I, I think you, you just meant to mean. I think when they do these things back then. 
you, you're sort of supposed to have forgotten the start and just be, yeah, uh-huh. think he was acting, even though at the start he was like so surprised. Yeah. But no, you're right. This was a good story. I, I really enjoy it. Yeah, um, yeah. I thought it was good fun. And and um, it's kind of funny at the end when um, some boys just got his feet up on the table. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, they're dead. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, they're dead. Um, after you contacted me this morning, it didn't leave me much time, but I'm glad it worked. Oh, so maybe he didn't know. Well, yeah, that's what I was saying. Maybe they contacted uh, him after. Yeah, he no, ran you're into right. Him. You're right. But yeah. in that case, why couldn't they have given him a phone call before? Like, I don't know about that. But lo- they're I get calling the backwards through time. You think they could call any point in time? It is cool that they've got all their DNA, like Invisible Kid, Pharrell, Princess Protection, Superboy, Bonell, yeah. Brainiac Five. It's just everyone's everyone's there kind of thing. So they've yeah, it's kind of cool. I, I actually thought this was a pretty decent story. Um, yeah, me too. Uh, Mike Grell art written by Kerry Bates. We should mention Kerry Bates as always, just providing the hits. Um, yeah. and oh, Mike I wanted Grell. to point out too those three Legionnaires at the end: the Saturn Girl, mm. Brainiac Five, and Monel mm. are considered three of the smartest Legionnaires. Cool. Generally, with um, I think Chameleon Boy and Dream Girl are kind of the other two. Cool. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Bradiac is definitely one of the smartest, isn't he? And Saturn Girl for yeah, sure. Easily. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we had a little featurette of Princess Projector. Um, you want me to do this one? Yes. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, this is a Princess Projector story. She's wearing her costume that I like. Mm. Um, Lovely. Basically, she's going off to visit her parents after she had Rigel fever, mm. which we'll have to. Remember this because in a few issues she gets sick again, and I'm yes. wondering if it if these issues were actually published out of order, but we'll see. That's a good point. You remember the story where they have to relieve like the pain? From yeah, her? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good story. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we'll have to pay attention to see what she was sick from in that. But yeah, so uh, she's going off to visit her parents. Karate Kid's a little miffed about it because she didn't pay much attention to him yep. while she was sick. Which yep. yeah, I think he's being a little bit of a jerk. Yes. If anyone around here has been neglected lately, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, these guys are one of those classic Legion couples. Um, one of my favorite couples. Yeah, and we didn't we have a wedding issue at some point recently? Uh huh. Yeah, uh, in the Curse Part One. Yes. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she flies off, and I think she arrives. Is this supposed to be your home planet? Yeah. Yeah, definitely, because it's got the medieval um, bits and pieces in it. But they've got orders to take a prisoner. Yeah, they've got orders to take her prisoner. Um, uh, that's because only my father has the right to sit on that throne, and you are neither my father nor the king. Yes. Uh, all you speak of are former sovereigns, so we know that like they were overthrown. Yes. And yeah, so she's being captured, but she runs away. They take off her flight ring, and she runs into this creature, and she runs from the creature, and then Karate Kid comes down and saves her. Gives her a nice smack across the face. Yes, he does, um, actually. Yeah, a little slap. What are you doing? Yeah. Trying to clear your head. Look around. You'll see what I mean. And then they, she realizes that um, it's all an illusion. Mm-hmm. It was a barren, lifeless planetoid you landed on, and she was walking through one of her own projections, which is pretty cool. Actually, I didn't see this twist coming, even though I probably should have. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Whenever I thought it was the family being captured, I was like, ugh, because – after this, we see this kind of story a few times with the yes. Princess Projectra, so I was happy to see this yeah. twist. And then it, I like the last panel, and that is the happy ending of Diary Tape 35G, and then she's just reclining on a little couch there, and it's sort of like her 
extremely, yeah. extremely revealing costume. She looked pretty good. <laughs> she does look pretty good. Yeah, she's just kind of there, just kind of like, you know, sort of dictating the little, the little adventure. I mean, I'm giving, <laughs> I'm giving this issue eight out of ten. I, I thought it was like the two stories combined. I, I think it's a, it's a very solid eight out of ten. Um, I, you did miss one thing that I think oh. is kind of important. Is it turns yes. out that she did create the projection yes. of that city, but she did not create the monster that was true. chasing her. And the monster That's comes true. back and attacks him. Yeah, and then Karate Kid sort of uh, does. He fights a little bit, and then she flies away. She activated the flight yeah. ring, and they and they escaped. Which was nice to give her a little, uh, um, you know, make her save the day this time. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, oh. she's one of my favorites. I like her. Oh, she's good. Um, yeah, it's definitely good. And I think it's really interesting. She comes from that medieval t- style world, um, as yeah. well. So yeah, no, it was it was good stuff. Does everyone on her planet have the uh, power, or is it just her? Uh, I think it might be a family thing, right? Okay. But, or also maybe you could like learn it, like it's sorcery. Yes. Sure. Okay. Cool. So what are you I giving it out of answers. ten? What are you giving it out of ten? I'm gonna give this one an eight and a half. I thought it was pretty yeah. solid. Good, good, it's a good story. Um, then we and had... you get two good ones in the same issue, which yeah, is, which I like. Was the yeah. case? But to, to be honest, I, I've I was really impressed by the storytelling in all in all these classic Legion um, ones. The next one is the rookie who betrayed the Legion, and there's a cool cover. There's a spy among us. But he just made a colossal mistake, and you know, obviously, colossal boy. And there's the big hand coming down as well. Yeah, this is actually one of my favorite covers. I would always look at this one uh, more than some of the others. Yeah. Uh, also, of note is this seems to be the first Mike Grell cover before this. It was uh, Nick Cardi. Right. I don't know if Mike Grell did any before this, but the previous one at least was Nick Cardi. Yeah, Jim Grell's been around for a long time, hasn't he? Like, you yeah, know, he's still kicking. And uh, stories by Kerry Bates, art by Mike Grell. Um, and it's the rookie who betrayed the Legion. Um, and it's basically, uh, who is it? They've got like someone, it's like a, this guy sneaking around and he's, uh, a science officer who wants to get close to them. Am I right in saying? Mm-hmm. Science, science he's, uh, he's actually one that recurs. He's in the, uh, Levitt stuff as well. Okay. Right. Um, yeah, before you set out after Universo, I want to go with you. I know you legionaries prefer to work alone, but I wouldn't cramp your style. I'm very good at my job. Um, yeah, and it's it's interesting, and uh, it flashes back to he's on an adventure with uh, his partner, and then Universo. I like the flashback in his helmet, though. I feel like that's uh, cool. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's a lovely it's a lovely image, and mm-hmm. he and basically he says in his flashback that Universo. Um, was controlling the plants and attacking his partner, yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say Universo is like, you have the Time Trapper, you have Mordrew, and yes. then you have Universo would be like the third. Yeah, the trio. Um, of course, you also have like the Fatal Five, and then um, yes. Legion of Supervillains would maybe be over him, but he's like one of the preeminent threats to the Legion. Yes. Dark side. Uh, and what's his power? Uh, mind control. Mind control. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's basically on it for revenge because it killed. He he believes that Universo killed his partner. Yeah, that's what he says anyway. Yep, that's what he tells him. Yep. Uh, okay. Um, and then we have they're all flying off. Uh, Superboy. Uh, who's the woman in green? On shrinking violet. Shrinking violet. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Timberwolf. Is that Timberwolf beneath her? Uh, my thing just 
splits out on me. Is he the one with the white eyes and the pointy yes, like hair? Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, huh? Yeah, and then Light Lass as well. Um, yeah, and uh, so we're going here. We, we've got Chameleon Boy uh, talking to him, like sneaking to your own ship. There he is, and Universo's trying to get in. Oh, no, who's trying to get in the ship? It's, it's Chameleon Boy is trying to get into the ship, and then the rookie shoots him. The, the science police officer shoots him, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting. And well, he's he's going to attack. He's not trying to get in the ship. He's trying to attack uh, Universo. He's right. He's trying to attack wheel. Universo, and then and then this guy shoots him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm responsible for this. Chameleon Boy was about to apprehend him, so I stunned him with my own weapon. And they're like, Universo must have used his hypnotic power on him. Not true. I fired my own free will. I betrayed all of you for a reason that doesn't concern you. Like, it sounds like it does concern them, right? If yeah. you're betraying them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he's trying to make out like his yeah his reasoning for betraying them isn't their problem, but it's it's confusing. Um, and why didn't he just tell them now, like what happened? Like why did he still have to keep some secrets? I guess maybe yeah. I'll see that as. We but it's, it, it's weird though because it, well, I, I it's weird how it does it because. Then Universo is like, "Calm down. I'm simply returning a favor." When he knocks out Lightlass, remember you rescued me from our Legionnaire too. And he stopped playing dumb. You know why I did it, and it's because Universo stopped the him the plant the plant devouring him. Yeah, mm-hmm. he um, wasn't making the plant kill his partner. He was making the plant uh, save him. Yes, so he kind of feels like, basically he kind of feels like he owes Universo one. Yeah. But why is that like a secret? Like, why couldn't he just say that the first time when he got caught? I don't know. But like, it's what's weird is though that he purposely volunteered to go on this mission just so he could help Universo. Really? Yeah, which it's all kind of weird because it's like <laughs> they wouldn't have found him without his tip, and then when they almost <laughs> find him, he stops him. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's like, what I'm saying. Yeah, it's very detailed, deep cover, and. You know, I mean, Universal, I guess, did do a good thing in, in stopping him being eaten, but, like, yeah, eh, it's it's just interesting, I guess. Like, I guess it they, is. It was just a little confusing. I guess it's not the implication that he's been working for Universal this whole time, no. which is how I initially understood it. It was that he was still supposed to pursue him, and then whenever he was being caught, he helped him out, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of like he owed him one favor. And just one. Right. It, to me, I thought it was more like uh, we worked this out ahead of time. You're gonna infiltrate the Legion and help me, but I guess that's not what the case was. So okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, and yeah, it is kind of funny. And then they're, they're like, um, I like when they're like, "Come on, Devron, he's all ours." And then, oh no, Devron, what are you doing? Betraying us again? No, I was simply thinking like a criminal again. If I was Universo, I love when they do reverse psychology. I tricked my energies, my enemies into believing I was Superboy by hypnotizing them. You're right. Now that he's unconscious, his illusion is wearing off, revealing Universo underneath. He almost floated away to freedom from our very noses. Because, oh. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, they made Superboy super weightless, so he's floating away harmlessly, but that's actually Universo. And, yeah. Yeah, so it's just interesting. And so what happens to the Universo that Chameleon Boy is chasing? He got away, right? Are you talking about way back on page? No, on page 13. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. That way, see, Superboy has been made super weightless, but that's actually Universo. 
because Universo is changing his appearance so that he looks like Superboy, and then they're chasing a Universo. Oh, he's just like flying over to him. I think. Yeah. He's turning back into Superboy now that Universo's been. And out. then you're right. Now that he's unconscious. Blah, blah, blah. Then the Universo, yeah, the Universo that Chameleon Boy was chasing was actually really Superboy. You see what I'm saying? He, he just did a swap. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sorry about the rough time I gave everyone when Universo had me under the influence. Um, and I'm sorry I didn't have more confidence in you in Diron. Uh, it's all right, though. So, I, yeah, I, I see what happened. Yeah, it was just a simple swap, yeah. and Superboy was under the influence as well. So that's why he was acting out. And they were chasing him, and it seemed like he was universal because he was being. It wasn't just a swap; he was also controlling Superboy. Oh, I see. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. That makes more sense. Yeah, because I, I was kind yeah, because like, before it was like, well, if you just switched him, when you just attack the guy that was like, you know, I don't know. But he was trying to be sneaky and, and just sneak away when they weren't paying attention because they were all focused. It was actually quite clever what he was doing. He was doing a bit of misdirection. Yeah, sneaky Monopoly man. Exactly, and um, yeah, it was it was cool. And then we had um, what is this lightning lights? This 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 story was kind of funny. I thought actually, um, yeah, times lightning lord and lightning lad, and um, mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's a real glimpse into their very dysfunctional relationship, isn't it? It is. Um, it's kind of interesting here on this first page as we see lightning lad and lightning lord and their little sister Ayla. Yes. Uh, later on. It's established that Lightning Lord was a single child, which is rare on uh, Winath, and yes. actually contributed to his madness. And Lightning Lad and Lightning Lass are twins. Yes, yes. In fact, I thought in the original appearance of Lightning Lass, it said that she's his twin, but mm. I don't know. I can't remember for sure. Anyway, yeah, so it's just interesting. Um, but yeah, we see there are pictures of the the Rand's family and Lightning Lad destroys the computer. Yeah. He's right. pissed off. Very In fact, nice. he walks past Shrinking Violet and he like shoves her. He does shove her. Uh, yeah. Get out of my way Shrinking Violet. I've got a lot on my mind. <laughs> Shrinking Violet. What's wrong with him? In all the years I've known Garth, I've never saw him look so grim. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and he goes over to the Legion Cruiser. I do find uh, this funny, actually. He goes yeah. over, and the cruiser's all set for Karate Kid. He's flying to Japan for a well-deserved vacation. <laughs> Wrong, Element Lad. It's waiting for me. And he just slaps yeah. him down. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> stupid. It's just funny. And poor old Karate Kid. It's like, hey, wasn't that ship reserved for me? You were replaced, Karate Kid, by a Legionnaire in a big hurry. <laughs> Yeah, I like this one. That's good. And he's got his little bag ready to go on his holiday, and it's yeah. just like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's like too bad, Karate Kid, you missed out. <laughs> well, it sounds like they have multiple cruisers, though, so I guess yeah. it'll be all right. It'll be okay, but it was funny. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, but yeah, then we see Brainiac Five and Cosmic Boy investigating, see what's up with him. Uh, and then that's when we get this ex- explanation about, for those who are unfamiliar with the background, years ago, Garth and Mech were simultaneously struck by the same electric monster and Ava. Um, Adam, I was just going to mention you're getting a lot of static on your um, on your microphone. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know what's Let going on. Let me see on. if I can do anything about that. It was like Is something was rubbing against it. Yeah, a lot better. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. So yeah, just, so just, just pick up those... from what you were saying, yeah, for those who were unfamiliar. Okay, okay. 
Uh, for those who are unfamiliar with the background, years ago, Garth and Mecht were simultaneously struck by the same electric monster that changed or that charged them both with lightning powers. Mm. Um, they don't mention Ayla there, which I think is weird because she got her powers at the same time, but maybe they haven't established where her powers came from yet. Mm. Um, so his Garth powers came... aren't his powers aren't um, like the powers of his race. It's actually like an accident that, that gave them to him. Yeah, so what happened was they were in a ship that, like, ran out of battery. Right. Uh, and they ended up on a planet Corball, and there were these lightning beasts that they wanted to lure over to charge the battery, and then they were attacked by the beasts. Okay, gotcha. So it's a classic accident yep. that gave them powers. Right, I understand mm-hmm. now. Okay. Yep. Um, it says, Light Lass as their sister. Maybe she can help us clear up this mystery if she's recovered enough. So she's sick. She's, She's got, got the Riggle Favor, favor as well. Like, a Riggle Favor is really getting around. Well, you know what's interesting is the planet that they went to in the first story here is called Rigel, which right. Lightlass was actually at. Uh. Um, so she must have passed it to Princess Projectra. Yeah, I guess. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but yeah, so she says, uh, I know why we... Oh, okay. She says, I know why he left and where he went. This is her in Arcoma. Mm. Yeah. And if it weren't for his this paralyzing fever, I'd be off with him right now. What a tragic day for both of us because of something personal that neither Garth nor I ever shared with the other Legionnaires. But it was something too painful to talk about. Mm. Um, yeah, so Lightning Lad's flying off, and he finds this monument to his parents. Yes. That um, I thought this was actually kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> it, I'll just read this segment. Yes. Uh, the the Rand's parents are calling the Rand's kids. He says, it's terrific hearing from you, Mom and Dad. Did you have a pleasant vacation on Saturn? Mother and I had a splendid time, but now we're anxious to get back home. This space hopper we rented is so fast, <laughs> we should be entering Earth's atmosphere in a few short... Splack! <laughs> yeah, Dad, Mom. Oh, no, an explosion of some sort. And, yeah, so it's unfortunately for them that uh, they died, yeah? And and they, yeah. and they, they got into a... Um, a statue is that right yeah they carved the statue out of the asteroid that they carved into or that they smashed into also i want to mention the stars here i don't think are done that great no they're probably not i would agree i mean mike grill i love but this yeah the stars are sort of they look like bits of paper more than anything Mm -hmm. it might have been i because i see this a lot in stories of this time maybe it was just harder to do stars yeah 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 probably um okay uh, t- t- yes, Garth, it's me, Lightning Lord, your brother, Mecht. I can read your thoughts because of the telepathic plug I'm wearing. Thank you for explaining that to your brother. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it's it's just... The, the the fact of the matter is that Lightning Lord has just come to uh, p- sort of pay tribute to his parents as well, hasn't he, really? Mm-hmm. And yep, which, on the anniversary, I think. Which is death. interesting. And, again, it's a little bit more complicated. And uh, I liked it, and he's just explaining... Um, I never attended their funeral. I'd have been arrested if I had. Um, and yeah, it's just it's what what makes you think I want to arrest you here and now because I think you realize is the one place in the galaxy you and I aren't enemies, merely brothers paying homage to our parents' memory. And um, yeah, it's interesting and sort of like a bit of a stalemate between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that the very next issue. Um we see the him come back with the Legion of Supervillains. Yes, indeed. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Now, it's a, what do you rate this one, Dave? Uh, what, I, what did I give the previous one? I give this a seven point five out of ten. I enjoyed it. I think it's it's high quality again. I I probably didn't quite 
love it as much as the last one, but it it was very enjoyable. Yeah, I'll do an eight. Yeah, no, it was it was a good issue, um, for sure. Um, like I said, I, I I find all this stuff really really quite interesting. So the next one, um, it starts with the <laughs> I love the evil expressions of, of everyone. You've got uh, yeah. around the table. You, it's the it's what do they call themselves? The Legion of Super Villains is, is that what they call mm-hmm. themselves? And uh, so we actually get a we actually get a thing where they all describe themselves. Who are they again? Like, do you know them all by name? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to go ahead and just uh, Lightning Lord next to him? Sorry, you Spider just cut, you, sorry you just cut out there, Adam. So you just want to go through from the top of who they are? Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, so Sun Emperor is on the left. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lightning Lord is after him. Uh, that's Spider Girl. She can like control her hair. Right. Like Medusa. Yes. From the Inhumans. Yes. Uh, that's Radiation Roy. Uh, you've seen Spider Girl and Radiation Roy before in um, the Jeff John Superman and the Legion. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And the last one is Nemesis Kid. So Nemesis Kid, he joined with Karate Kid, Feralad, Princess Projectra, and then he turned out to be a Legion traitor. Uh-oh. Naughty. Yeah. Bad guy. Bad guy. Yeah, so uh, we see that Superboy and mon are visiting Mr. It. and Mrs. Kent. Yeah. And the pancakes that, that Mark Kent has to whip up for these yeah. two who just dominate. And, Lots of pancakes. And I made the comment to you, isn't it hilarious that mon coming to vacation in Smallville with Superboy, the exact place that a thousand years before he was at when Superboy did that prank on him that led him to be... Um, <laughs> you know, imprisoned in the Phantom Zone. It's kind of funny it's that he's almost, going back again. Yeah, like he could just go back to his normal life at this point, I feel like, but he says he doesn't have parents. I always thought he only didn't have parents because <laughs> he was displaced in time in the 30th century. Um, I didn't think his point. parents actually died. Oh, yeah, you make a great point. He could actually just come back in time and just kick, pick up from exactly where he left off in the 20th century. Yeah. So I don't really understand. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, maybe there was a story that said how his parents died and his, you know, he couldn't go back to his home planet or something. Yeah. But I don't know. Uh, anyway. Okay. Anyway. Um, but yeah, a thousand years in the future in the Legion's own 30th century time period on Rimbor, yes. you see Jonah is um, really kicking back, hanging out with his parents. And there's a, <laughs> you remember Krav, the General Na from the Bendis run? Here's yes. what he was doing yeah. in the original Legion. <laughs> Feeding his still the same name, Crav. Feeding his that. son though as well. Like he's like a lot nicer. Yeah, he's like winking at him. Yeah, winking at him. But you can't wait to return to Earth and go into action as Ultra Boy. And then Ultra Boy's like, I'm not in a hurry. I can use some relaxation here with you and Mum. <laughs> and he's just really kicking back. <laughs> <laughs> and Dad's like, Yeah, it's time for you to move out. Yeah, lovely image of Saturn Girl down there at the um, oh, yeah. almost doing like a pinup uh, pose. And, and, and like Timberwolf seems to be like appreciating it as well, like <laughs> <laughs> behind behind her there. Um, yeah, he's a dog. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of funny they they they've got they've got this trophy that's going to be presented to this guy for the Universal Trophy of Peace or something. Uh, mm-hmm. Doctor Larks Kenrick. I thought it was pretty neat. They're getting this. Um, the twist actually got me completely. Where they bring the trophy in, and then it cuts to Monel, and suddenly Park Kent's firing a weapon at them, and um, yeah, a hypnotic cool. a hypnotic beam, um, and they're forced to fight against their will, and they're like they're certainly acting frisky today. Pay them no mind, Martha. After all, boys will be boys, even if they're super boys. 
<laughs> and Monel's like fully shoving Superboy's face into the yeah. floor. <laughs> I did like that. I like how the parents were just kind of like, you yeah. know, they're under the control, but they're not acting villainous aside from, you know, shooting him with the ray. They're just like, oh, they're just being rowdy. Yeah, and she's like, I'll go and put on some coffee, dear. Um, did it throw you, though, that his parents looked so much younger than normal? Yeah, it was it was yeah. bizarre because I'm used to Mara Park Kent looking like they're pushing like mid-70s, you know? Like grandparents. If not older. And um, and Park Kent's usually on his pipe, you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah. But back in the day, though, they were, like, back in the day-day, when you looked at the old Superboy stuff, they sometimes looked like they were more, like, in their 50s than 60s, 70s, you know? Mm, yeah. Um, when he was, you know, when he was on that, remember when he was on that pipe all the time? And he was kind of puffing away mm-hmm. on his pipe? But here they, yeah, here they look a lot, a lot, a lot uh, younger. Um, and then we we flashed to uh, Ultra Boy and how enjoy your dinner, Joe. It was super sensational. Uh, <laughs> but I've got to say goodbye now. And then um, they, they go down and it's like the paralyzing drug you put in his drink certainly acted fast. And um, he's completely knocked out. Unfortunately for yep. Ultra Boy, drugged. Right. Yeah, and then the next. Uh, okay. So yeah, as we move into part two, we get a scene with the Legion of Supervillains. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sun Emperor is said to be the acting leader, which I was saying is probably the least interesting of this bunch to actually be the leader. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we have a lot more history with a lot of the other characters, but whatever. Yeah, it might be just the Emperor in his title. You know, true. Well, that's the thing about the original um, five. They had. Saturn Queen, Cosmic King, Lightning Lord, Sun Emperor, and Chameleon uh, Chief. So they were all like yeah. leadership names. Yes. Now I, I call like Radiation Roy. <laughs> his name yeah. is kind of funny. He's yeah, he's a reject, and his costume's kind of stupid looking. Yeah, it is a bit. He yeah. looks a little bit like Electro if he had a different color scheme with his costume. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we've got. Uh, Take off, Chemical King. It's my turn to guard the Universal Trophy. Uh, am I glad to see you, Chameleon Boy? It's been a long four hours because uh, they're guarding the storeroom where the trophy is. Um, yeah, which normally I think they would usually do over like a computer monitor. Yeah, 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 but they're, they're doing it manually. Um, yeah. And then we've got, it cuts to like the scene in the bubble where Ultra Boy's still in the bubble and he's mm-hmm. trying to beg his parents to get out. I believe it's your move, Mitra, and they're playing like a game of like chess or something like futuristic chess. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Superboy and Monel are also trapped in a bubble as well. Um, and they know that it's the supervillains who hypnotize their parents. Um, and then we have the moment where Chameleon Chief um, comes out. It's time for me to go into action and. He's like, the Legionnaires thought they were very thorough, examining the trophy before letting me into the Citadel, but it never occurred to them to examine the stand it was resting on. And I was kind of like, well, they're, they're negligent, you know, not examining the yeah. stand. Like, yeah, um, pretty dumb. Yeah, but uh, they do mention that Chameleon Chief has the ability to change other objects as well as just himself. Yeah, if I remember right, he's not actually, um, like, from Durla. Uh-huh. He's... Uh... Yeah, he's not of the same race, even though he looks the same. He just disguises oh. himself to look the same. Oh, really? Okay, so he's just yeah. got a very similar power set. Yeah, we don't really ever find out too much about him, I don't think. Cool. Um, yeah, and then we have uh, 
Lightning Lord comes and picks come comes and picks the box up. Oh, it's a flashback, isn't it? To to that. Um, the the Legion has never suspected the Chameleon Chief was in their midst. Good. Let's go. The others are waiting for us. Phase three is about to begin, and the Legion is about to end. So he. Oh, I see. So he he got inside the Citadel. Um, and then, then he snuck out. He snuck through, out. Okay. Yeah. After turning the. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to work yeah, out what he know. did when he was in there. I think he, uh, oh yeah, then the trophy becomes all it takes is a three second exposure to this nitrogliss beam, and the trophy becomes a deadly bomb. Ah, right, okay. So yeah, he turned the trophy into a bomb now. I see, right, which explains and then he why escaped. he he then leaves. Yeah, okay, that that makes sense. Um, and then we have that Ultra Boy is released. From the from the bubble, um, yeah. Which why didn't the Legion of substitute or supervillains just kill him? You know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, I guess he's hard to kill, Ultra Boy. Yeah, but I mean, they had him contained. They could have shot him out in a space or something. Yeah, they could have done something. Um, and yeah. then it's kind of funny what happens to Superboy Monel. Um, they're released as well. Oh no, he's he's activating. The mother's freeing him, but he, the father's activated. He's a dad must have assembled while well, hypnotized by the supervillains, some weird box that he's got. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I actually quite like this. That um, you say, I built that contraption. Monel beats me what it's supposed to do. They then do the classic Superboy and Monel thing of flying through the you know time. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I like the effect. Yeah, it's cool. And they say that they can. Uh, go to the exact period in time where they want to go, but unfortunately that box um, created a, an interference so they can't escape from the time barrier. But also, Superboy, can you go through the time barrier and arrive anytime you want? Because well, done before. you're always complaining about how, you know, <laughs> you can't. You're like, well, Ooh, sometimes you know, he somebody has. died so I can never see them again. That's a good point, but but that's a good point. But sometimes he does do it exactly like that, like that episode where he went and did the thing for the homework. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's interesting. But it's interesting they mention it because, yeah, uh, you know, what problem could he never, could he not sort of try to fix if he could constantly zip back and forth? You know. Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, I, I guess they mention it, but he he can't do it. But yeah, so they get caught up in some sticky time. Yes, um, and then. Basically, what happens is they think that the Legion of Supervillains thinks that there's gonna it's gonna be all over for the Doctor Kenrick and the Legion, and they're literally there. They're so happy with themselves, just counting down in like their little headquarters. Um, and it doesn't happen. They've touched the trophy. Zero hour is here, which I thought was interesting. They used the term zero hour because, of course, later on in the nineties, they had the zero hour yeah. event. It's just a uh, coincidence, I'm which, sure. Which uh, eliminated the Legion. Yes, or rebooted the Legion. Yes. No, this cannot be. No, it cannot be. Nothing happened. Why? Our plan was foolproof. Um, but then, of course, uh, it turns out that Chameleon Chief is really Chameleon Boy, and what? Uh, yeah, exactly. And um, they're saying, "Oh, you show an amazing amount of confidence for a legionnaire who's outnumbered. Get him." But even as they surge forward, attack legionnaires. A whole stack of legionnaires appears in, and he had a homing device on him. Um, and so it really turns out that they did find Chameleon Chief at the time in the in the stand. So they were smart enough to scan the stand, and then they just replaced um, Chameleon Chief with Chameleon Boy, basically, is what it boils down to, isn't it? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So well, I, I didn't even get that so much. I just thought that Chameleon Boy just caught him while he was on guard duty. But oh, maybe that's you're right. A good point. Yeah, but uh, how, however, they found out. They found out, and yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It's fun issue. It's 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 probably not a groundbreaker for me. I'd give it seven out of ten. I, I mean, I enjoyed it. It's a good seven. Um, there's nothing wrong with this issue at all. Uh, but okay. just when I'm scoring some of these, I have to. I, I give my higher marks for ones I really enjoyed. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it was good fun. What What did you think? Well, something I want to point out first is uh, Princess Projectra facing down with Nemesis Kid. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm. Um, uh, later on, uh, there's a pretty big moment where she faces off with him again. So it was just kind of cool to see this. Where and she does the nightmare um, projection. He's his weakness because he basically can focus on the weakness of an opponent. His weakness is fear, which is cool. Yeah. But yeah, I, I kind of rate this one a seven as well. Um, I didn't like it as much as some of the other ones, and also I find it a little disappointing as a Legion of Supervillains uh, story. I don't think they, you know, really gave them much gravitas here. No, um, they're fairly easily the, defeated, the, you know. Yeah, well, they haven't had a lot of appearances. Um, generally, they appear as like adult. Like so, later on the, in the timeline, it'll just be like Lightning Lord as an adult. Yes. Um. So this is one of their first appearances, like, uh, you know, of them as a younger. Yes. Um. So that was kind of interesting, but it's just like we don't really get a lot of the Legion of Supervillains, even though I've always really liked them. Mm. Um. But the Eye for an Eye storyline is the one where they really get, uh, you know, they really do some damage. What era is that? Is that Levitz? That comes after we wrap up the curse would be okay. the next storyline. So it's Levitz. Mm-hmm, yeah. Cool. Do you reckon that they'll release the next volume after the curse in hardcover as well? I hope so. Yeah, so but yeah, I don't know. Well, we do know, we should mention actually, we haven't mentioned it. I put it on the, on the Legion Outpost page. They are going to do that collection after the archives and before Great Darkness Saga, you know? You know oh, after, yeah, right. After um, the Omnibus. It would be. It would probably take a second volume to meet up with the Great Darkness stuff, but yeah. Well, at least uh, filling in that off. gap, which is nice. And didn't you say that the cover is the cover of the really unpopular Legion story? Is the cover of the hardcover? Yeah, and that's the one that we got the most recommendations or requests that's, to do. That's hilarious. That if it's infamously yeah. bad, that they put that on the cover. <laughs> yeah, it is weird. It is a George Perez cover, so it's got like a pretty good-looking Dream Girl and Karate Kid. Yeah, but yeah, it's got this ridiculous-looking villain who, inside, is drawn by Steve Ditko, oh, past really? his prime Steve Ditko. So. Oh my God, I've got to be honest. Some of the st- I, I, I didn't know Steve Ditko did anything after Spider-Man, but like, remember that um, Squirrel Girl that I had on my Facebook for a while? It was <laughs> yeah, just yeah. so fucking bad. Like, I'm yeah. sorry, but like, sorry, Steve Ditko, but it was not your finest hour. Yeah, this this issue is not his best finest or not his finest hour either, but it should be fun to talk about. Definitely. definitely. Um back to this two oh eight real quick before we move on, I wanted to yeah. point out this the Legion of Substitute Heroes page. Yes. I do love the subs, so I just wanted to point it out. Oh, We've got Polar Boy, Night Girl, Fire Lad, Chlorophyll yes. Kid, Stone Boy, Color Kid. I hope to do more sub stories in the future. We could definitely do that, man, for sure. hundred yeah. nice. percent do that. I, I think the the substitute heroes are fun. You know? Yeah. Um, they're my favorite. Um, but also after that, we have that Lana Lang story I was telling you about. Uh-huh. Uh, if you flip to page uh, 37, uh-huh. I think it's 37. Yeah, that's where she's getting spanked by her dad. Um, 
What's this for thing? being so stupid? This wasn't in my 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 my, my scan copy. Didn't have this. I only oh, had okay. the, I only had the Legion story. Oh, okay, yeah. Take so us through the spanking. What's going on in the spanking? So he's she's being naughty or something, is she? And he's going to spank her, really? Yeah, I'll read you the excerpt <laughs> real quick. She says, uh, "Doing your homework, hey, Lana." No, Dad. I'm writing an article proving that the secret identity of Superboy is Clark Kent. Ha ha! Ridiculous. Clark is too meek and mild to be the Boy of Steel. You're joking, of course. Absolutely not. His meekness is just a pose. I'll expose that in the article, too. Of course, I would never print the article. I'll just hold it over Superboy's head to prove he didn't outsmart me. <laughs> you idiot! <laughs> if Clark really is Superboy and your article accidentally <laughs> fell into the wrong hands, not only would it damage his career, but it would expose his parents to danger. The underworld might try to kill them. She says, oh my, I er, didn't think of that. <laughs> no, you didn't. You're going to get spanked for being so stupid. Is that what he really says? <laughs> That's hilarious. Hairbrush is about to descend. Eight, I can't spank you. You're too old for that. Whew, what a narrow escape. Thank you for not spanking me, Dad. That so, is, yeah, there you go. That is hilarious, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, one of my favorites for, like, bad uh <laughs> You know, not bad, but just like yeah, just silly, cheesy, silver age, cheesy sort of like over the top. I like what he's like, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, let's it's... let's face it. She she can be a bit of a minx and a bit of a bad girl, and she's a pain, you know, constantly. So like, she's might have, might not have been the worst thing in the world for her to have a spanking and maybe think about her decisions. Yeah. Like, yep. she literally wants to blackmail Superboy just to prove that she's smarter than him, basically. Yeah. I just think it's funny, though, that, um, you know, he's going to spank her and then yeah. doesn't realize that she's too old for that. Uh, <laughs> until he's about to do it. But what's also hilarious is um, the the fixation that she has. She's actually right, but she's just, like, so focused on it, but she can never quite commit to it 100%. Yeah, like, and then a lot of times she'll convince herself that she's wrong. Yeah. Even though she is right. But then she's like back. To, she's like obsessive, though. She's back to the same topic the next day. Yeah. You know, I must prove that Superboy is Clark Kent or Clark Kent is Superboy. Um, yeah, were they doing the same kind of stuff with uh, Lois yes. at the time? Oh, big time. Yeah. yeah, big time. Yeah, that was a convention. It was literally the same thing, you know. Um, the convention was Lois was just so fucking dedicated to finding out who Superman was, and she was sure it was Clark Kent, but, like, so many tricks had been pulled on her to prove yeah. it wasn't, but she was, like... It was the exact same formula, basically. Just Good uh, stuff. Yeah, I love it. Now, I noticed here that on this issue, Jim Shooter came back uh, to do... Which one is this, 209? 209. He came back to do the writing duties... Oh. And Kerry Bates does the backup, which also is the same scenario in two ten. I maybe in two ten Jim Shooter does the backup, but yeah. So Kerry Bates, who I've been loving on Legion, is now sort of relegated, and Jim Shooter comes back on on board. Yeah, uh, Shooter, of course, you know knows what he's doing, though. He does. Um, he does. Yeah, and writes some great stuff too. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, no, definitely. And so, yeah, a very a very strong writer, and definitely familiar with. Um, Legion. Uh, so we have t taking us through this one, Princess Projection. I know you're a fan of her. She looks fantastic as she comes out of that ship, and she's very ill. She's got the basically, in essence, this is to summarize this story. It's quite an interesting one. She's got a plague which gives her immense pain, and the pain itself kills because just due to the sheer level of pain, 
and they have some sort of like um, technology where they can basically uh, transfer her pain to another Legion member, and they they're going to yeah. share the pain. It looks like I was wrong. This isn't Rigel Fever, so the stories weren't published out of order. But yeah, what you were saying. <laughs> yeah, but it's just interesting, and and I mean, I've got to yeah. say that Mike Grell draws a stunning Saturn girl. I'd be tempted to get a commission of Saturn girl in this costume. <laughs> yeah, I thought you'd like page four, where she's kind of like yes. bent over, like yeah, the I was actually, monitor. actually going to mention that page to you. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a great page. And uh, first off, Timberwolf take, tries to take the pain, and he goes mental. Um, yeah, like immediately. Big time. And uh, it takes a lot of... Uh, who gets him down? I'm just trying to see. Karate Kid is trying. Uh, and then Saturn Girl gets in with the mind power. And he puts him in a judo group yeah. after well, that. Something I thought was funny was a little earlier. I just want to go back and mm. snag this real quick. Um, when he gets back... When she gets back, he says, Welcome back, princess. Nice touchdown. Karate Kid says, Don't mind this refugee from the Super Pets lover. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good, actually. <laughs> yeah, because... Yeah, cause, cause, uh, but yeah, so Timberwolf... Go ahead. Well, he, he doesn't Timberwolf... Yeah, uh, I guess even a princess is still a woman driver. That's what Timberwolf also says. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Yeah, he's... You know, thanks, thanks Jim Shooter, for bringing in, you know... <laughs> you said a you said a commentary there, um, but yeah. So yeah, she she numbs his optical lobes, Saturn Girl, the Timberwolves, and then he then Karate Kid puts him in the um, in the hole. But see how Karate Kid's uh, uniform is all chopped up. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's pretty funny. So he gets a pretty he, cool new one. He gets a cool new uniform. Yeah, is that does that become his permanent new uniform? Yeah, I think it's actually appeared once before this, but right. uh, it just went away. Uh, but now it's back. I like it when she's like, but if my power runs wild, I might overcome you, your will, make you a super zombie to act out my anguish. I could order you to smash, kill, destroy. But ultimately, in my madness, I might order you to kill me to end my pain. And they do like a, <laughs> so they sort of like do a whole thing of like her sort of playing out that little fantasy. I thought that was really funny, actually. Yeah, I like while well, while we're doing hypothetical situations, um, <laughs> you're really going for it. But then on page uh, eight, the image of Saturn Girl with sort of like a weird, like she's literally in chains. They they yeah. handcuff it's her. It's kind of kinky. Yeah, it is kind of kinky, and they put this thing over her head. Um, so she, I don't know, if she can't talk or something, and then like. Gags so she can't talk me into freeing her. It is there is a little bit of kink to that image, don't you think? Like I think consciously, for sure. For sure. And uh, you, um, Jim Shooter has given articles where, or given interviews where he talks about like all the different legionnaires, and oh. the entire time he's kind of like fixated on like who's got the biggest dick and who's the biggest whore. <laughs> really? So it's it's kind of funny that yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you sometime. That's that's crazy. Really. Um, yeah, that's funny. I mean, it, it is funny, but like, it's also. Well, like, he says something about Dream Girl, like, she's a slut and all of them have kind of passed her around. Really? And he says, she only stays with Starboy because he's got the biggest dick. <laughs> wow. Okay. So Jim Shooter's really putting it out there, like. Uh, something to that effect, yeah. Yeah, okay. That's actually funny. There was yeah. no, really, no Dream Girl at all in these issues, was there? Dream, Dream Girl. Girl. Yeah, Dream I guess Girl. not. Yeah, I guess not. We missed you. We missed you, Dreamy. Um, yeah, we could have used some prophecies of doom. Yeah, she could have been like, I'm never wrong. <laughs> Somebody's going to die. My <laughs> dreams always come true. <laughs> Except when they don't. 
just every time. <laughs> um, and then, it's cool though with Karate Kid when he gets yeah. on there, he's just like able to meditate, um, and he's like sweating, so. but he's still being able to. I thought that was a pretty cool moment. I always thought Karate Kid was kind of the one of the lamer legionnaires, but actually he, they do some good stuff with him, you know. Well, yeah, he's like the Batman, right? Where yeah. Batman always looks cooler for the fact that he doesn't have powers and he's yes. keeping up with everybody else. Yes, exactly. And that's cool. But then um, Superboy's invulnerability is preventing the pain from entering his body, meaning she'll die in 30 seconds. She'll start suffering again. I can't take it from her. Who else could survive? Um, and then it's actually kind of cool. Karate Kid's going to kind of – he's trembling out to do it, but he's really struggling. Oh, no, you don't. The last possible second, um, this chick comes in who I wasn't even sure who it was in this kind of cool sort of bikini mm-hmm. with a boob window and sort of like little cutouts on her legs. And then it's uh, Joe Damsel. And she's um, united, I fall divided, we stand. And she's absorbed the pain as one, then split it into her. So each of her bodies only took half the dose, which was cool. And then goes insane and starts fighting each other. <laughs> yeah, that is true. She does that. Got to separate them and watch over them till the hour is up. Um, and then, yeah, so then uh, Prince Projection comes out of it. Um, and I feel so weak. What happened? You were ill, but you're okay now. Thanks to the Legion. I'll explain later after you get some rest at the end. And um, it's just a nice ending. I, yeah, I, I thought that was a really good one, actually. I think it's an excellent story. I, I'm giving that story 8.5. I really enjoyed it. The art really helps, too. Mike Grill and art is actually really good, um, I must oh, yeah. say. Yeah. And then the, the um, backup storyline is done by Kerry Bates. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I'll give that one 8.52 eight, because I didn't like this one as much, this next one. I didn't like it as much, but I didn't mind it. I, I just thought it was worthy of being a backup. You know what I mean? Like, it was an interesting enough storyline, um, kind of a, a bit of a silly ending, but, you know, but it was funny how it ends with, um, uh, is it Shrinking Violet and Saturn Girl giving him a kiss on the cheek? Is that is that Shrinking Violet in the green? Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah it's like, Ooh. It, it is kind of funny. Hmm, look like young Flint's luck is just beginning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I mean... So this one, yeah. uh, he's the hero f- for a day, and yes. he gets given a Legion ring. Um, And then there's this beast that is in the... Uh, the White in, Wolf. What, like the Legion trophy room or something? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the beast, like, causes bad luck, so all the other Legionnaires are trying to, like, take down the beast and we see wildfire return we haven't seen him in a little bit yeah um but then we find out that it's their flight rings that's making them think that they the beast is there and making like all their powers malfunction yes yeah that was pretty much it and they don't know what was interesting was they don't know who did it um yeah even by the end they don't do they no yeah so it's kind of a a bit of a I, i like that when there's a thread you know Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they pick up on it, though, do they? Oh, well. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't read all the... Well, we know our next mission, Legionnaires. Find out who or what almost suggested us to our death. Yeah. Yeah, and they're like, okay, I guess we'll look into that one day. Um, yeah, look, I, I mean... Seven and a half. I, I'd give it a seven. It's a slighter story, but I, I expect mm-hmm. from a backup at times that they're slighter stories. You know what I mean? Like, uh, overall, loved the issue, and, and I'd still give the whole issue at an 8.5 out of 10. Um for sure. I, th- I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, and we come to our final one, which is issue 210. Um, okay, let me have a look here. I'm just trying to remember. So it's up by Mike Grohl, story by Jim Shooter. Oh, that's right. This was actually an interesting one. This is the soldier's private war. And it's basically the storyline of um, a soldier who, like way back in the day, uh, was fighting to conquer Metropolis. 
and he basically sacrifices himself, falls on a grenade, and at the same time is hit by lightning, and really he's kind of resurrected um, in the future because um, Lightning Lad is, is, is fighting with Superboy, and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it causes this soldier to sort of reincarnate, but only with sort of like distant memories that he has to take over Metropolis. Yeah, and he's got this cool ability to like summon weapons that are invisible. Yeah, like phantom weapons, phantom but weapons. They fire and yeah, and and like he can he knifes Phantom Girl, so she's almost dying. Um, mm-hmm. It's just really, I thought it was a really interesting story. It's almost like a bit of an anti-war story as well. I thought tucked into it as well. Um, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. I just I thought it was a really sort of um, interesting kind of like he, he and then he's seeing Metropolis destroyed or gone, and then it's like Private Assad, Ten Hut. I am Sergeant Richter. Look at me, Private. Do you remember me? Yes, sir. Look around you, Private Assad. Metropolis is in ruins. We control it. Your mission is complete. You are a good soldier. And then he finally goes into death. Princess um, Projection created the illusion that Metropolis was destroyed. Uh, destroyed and Chameleon Boy was the um, former sergeant. sergeant. Yeah, and I just thought it was a good story. I did too. Um, I won... Uh, well, no, I guess it has nothing to do with the story really, but mm. I thought it was weird that they ended up building a memorial to a guy or a mm. monument to him when his goal was to like destroy Metropolis back in the day. Good point, but I, I think they were just taking the the side of like every sometimes it's you don't blame the soldiers you know what i mean yeah, they're just yeah. carrying out orders you know what i mean like no, he, he, he sac- and he sacrificed himself to save his comrades you know mm-hmm. so it was yeah. kind of a monument to his bravery but you are right i mean he he you know it was that's kind of what made it interesting though to me that it wasn't he wasn't sort of like an out and out good guy he was just a soldier in some war back in the past trying to conquer metropolis really it doesn't really say who or what he's fighting for, you know, like, you know, yeah. what force. Um, I just thought it was an interesting story. I, I, I liked it. That's the kind of stuff that I do like that they sometimes do in the 70s. Um, yeah, this was one my dad actually didn't have as a kid, so I uh, didn't read it till more recently, and uh, I do like it. Do you notice I did Super think Boy's it was weird chameleon in- boy turning into a phantom. I didn't know he could do that. No. No, that was a good point. I, neither did I. So Superboy's arms in a sling? Yeah, did that happen earlier in the issue, I guess? Princess Projection looks fantastic just, like, standing next to him. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's, oh, yeah. like I said, she's one of my favorites. Yeah, she's one of my favorites now, too. Um, <laughs> who And who's that in the white? Is that Dream Girl? No. It's uh, Phantom Girl. Phantom Girl. Oh, Phantom Girl. That's right, because she got knifed and she got hurt, mm-hmm. yeah, by the, by the yep. thing. Um, and then the, the final uh, story is, is really actually quite interesting. It, it's a karate kid... Uh, one and you'll see here Jim Shooter did this, so Carrie Bates had no hand in this issue at all. Um, it's it's really the untold origin of Karate Kid, and I found it pretty enjoyable. And you find out that like his sensei killed his father, but his father was part of this um, uh, criminal organization, and uh, it was just interesting. Like I, I did not see this coming at all. I didn't know any of this information. Um, and then he fights yeah. with the sensei, fights literally alongside the sensei against the guys from the organization. And then he's like, you may be a force for good. That's more important than blood. You are my true father. And um, I don't know, just as a backup, 
interesting, I thought, you know, and good yeah, art Yeah, I liked it. It's one of those that fleshes out the characters that you don't see as much. I did think it was interesting that Shooter's art seems to alternate from uh, Karate Kid being like a white guy with brown hair to being Bruce Lee. Yes, that's true. Did you see the last panel especially? It looks like Bruce Lee. Yeah, you are right. Like, yeah, he's got brown hair there, then there's... Yeah, yeah, heavily, yeah. Yeah, sometimes he's got, like, flat-out black hair and it looks a lot like Bruce Lee. I want to draw your attention. It's Mike Grillen, art duties, isn't it, to page <laughs> 15 where he's wearing, like, the cowboy hat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which is yeah. very Mike Grill. Mike Grill likes to rock a cowboy hat. Oh, uh, yeah, I think he was wearing one when I met him. Yeah, and he was wearing one when I met him. <laughs> uh, the cowboy hat and a cloak. He's pretty badass, isn't he, just rolling around <laughs> like that, like... Yeah, I was glad when he said that he was in disguise, not like that was what he planned to wear. <laughs> it's a fairly sort of, I don't know, out there disguise. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, draw attention to yourself disguise. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, enjoyable. And, like, when can, when I combine this issue, I, honestly, I'm giving it an 8 out of 10 overall. I, I thought it was a pretty decent uh, issue about the soldier, and then it's always interesting to get a bit of Karate Kid uh, origin. Mm-hmm. What 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 rating did you get? You cut out for me a little bit. Oh, sorry, eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. Okay, yeah, I was gonna go eight too. Yeah. It seems like we align on this stuff a lot. <laughs> yeah, I I I I really enjoy it. I I love the um the classic stuff. I I, I think maybe sure. we just hit a really good period, but um. Oh, it definitely is. Yeah. Yeah, it just feels like it's just it's the stories are just flowing. The art's good. Um. It's very readable, unlike the JLA one, which was just a chore to read, you know? Um, yeah, that so was, yes. Yeah, I like these. You know, they were short. That JLA story was like a 64-page story. These are each 12 pages, and they just, you know, they're quick, and yeah. they're good, and there's a nice twist each issue. Instead of trying to drag it out to some giant epic that was just not interesting exactly if you're going to use all those pages at least make it interesting especially with so many people to choose from you've got to, you've got to highlight a couple you know what i mean you yeah. can't do the pass the ball around the whole team for 64 pages it just gets boring um exactly yeah so yeah i'd like to continue on with this sometime but i think we'll we'll probably take a little break from the superboy right you said you wanted mm. to do a show with some of our suggestions Definitely. and then we might take another break and do a starman podcast Yes, yeah, definitely. So next next show we'll we'll go through and do the suggestions from the listeners, um, and and then we will do, if that future state legion story comes out before we record again, we'll do that as well. Um, yeah, there's actually uh, the issue twelve and the issue the future state issue one come out uh, back to back like okay. one week to, to the other. All right, well, whatever whatever the new stuff comes out, we'll also do. But yeah, well, the next show will definitely be us covering um, the listener suggestions and then we'll do journey to the stars, another episode of that. And then we'll come back to do Legion and we'll work out whatever we're doing between then and there. And as always, um, we're very much open to what the Legionnaires want us to do, but I think this was a good episode. I think we covered a lot of decent material. Uh, it certainly leaves me with a good taste in my mouth regarding the classic stuff. Um, there was a lot more to talk about than I thought there was. It was a lot of, a lot of good conversation. Yeah, man. It's like, I mean, I've got to say, Prince's Projection went up a notch in my books during these issues, you know? Yeah, see? Yeah. <laughs> I've been trying to find just the right artist to commission for her. Mike you know, I don't want anything too sexy, but, you know, I also want a good-looking Princess Projector. I'm going to put this out there now. Like, uh, Mike Grell drawing Princess Projector and Dream Girl 
clothed in their costume but in a bed like in a like this is how i picture it like a four poster bed like in a luxurious room and just the two of them they're pretty cool yeah i mean i think yeah you can pretty much uh imagine what would happen there <laughs> you can <laughs> you fill in the, the dots pretty well <laughs> you can fill in the dots and yeah it just feels like you know i i guarantee you people have said to mike rell and it's, his answer is probably how much you know Oh, yeah. you know, like he give you a price. Uh, everything's available for a price. You know, you gotta pay to play. That's exactly it. All right. Well, thank you very much, Legionnaires, and thank you, Adam. Um, I thank hope you. you've yeah, you've been a pleasure to chat with on this issue, and we will catch you next time. Good night. Good night. Good night.